Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What dark deeds unfold on the streets of Arkham? And which unwitting souls, innocent or impure, will succumb to the maddening call? The Call of Cthulhu. Experience the unknowable horror and black comedy of Nerdy Show's Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program, an RPG audio drama. Find it at CthulhuMystery.com or wherever you procure fine podcasts. The following program, Flame On, is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Flame On. I'm Brian. I've got everyone here. Everyone who could possibly be on the show is sitting here in front of me. Let's go uh, around to my... Uh, we'll go clockwise. We got BJ here. So you're lying because we're, I'm sitting next to you, not in front of you. So already we're off to a terrible start. It's the theater of the mind. Oh. Next to him... They imagine we all sit just in a row in front of each other and record. <laughs> Next to him is Oral. Hello, everyone. I'm here, and I'm so happy to be here. And then there's Eric. Happy holidays, everybody. Jared. I'm here, regrettably. Oh, we love you, too. And Pat. What up? Actually, all we're missing is Jeff. We really would have everybody with our spear. What what about Eric? The other Eric. I mean, Eric's here. Right <laughs> you, you oh, 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 oh. So this, this Eric has There can changed. be only one. Okay. This is Eric from He's the past. He's Darren Stevens, okay. too. Oh, my oh. God. Weren't you just talking about Roseanne casting both Beckys? Yes, both Beckys are <laughs> in the reboot. Are they? Yes. Are they just going to alternate episodes? <laughs> no, they're oh. um, apparently going to play different characters. Ah, boo. Oh. So, if you've never heard this show, welcome to Flame On. This is a gay geeky podcast. We talk about all things pop culture and really whatever interests us, which there's some other non exactly pop culture things but uh we are here gathered today uh we were gathered every other month or so ish mostly and we talk about this uh awesome stuff so let's start with the thing that's on everybody's mind right now the thing that all of us have seen except jared 
who's volunteered as tribute. I don't care. To be spoiled. Sacrifice. Which, by the way, if you have not seen Star Wars, A Last Jedi, The Last Jedi? The, the last, last Jedi. The definitive the last, last Jedi. Question mark? Question mark. <laughs> the not. Last Jedi? Spoiler. Um, we will be spoiling the hell out of it, so please maybe skip ahead about 20 minutes or so, and then you'll be fine. Probably. So, we've seen it. It'll be right about the time when we spoil the ending I'm, of it. They'll be like, God damn it! I'm going to keep an eye on the clock, and I'm totally just going to stay a random spoiler if, when they jump ahead 20 minutes. That, work, that works. All right, so we've seen it. And, in fact, Pat and I just seen it. Like, got off, came the movie, came home, started recording. What do we think? Meh. Wow! <laughs> I lead with the meh. I have issues. Okay. Well, we know you have you, issues. You work at a comic shop. Yeah. Um, I uh, let's go. Let's go around. Let's continue. BJ, um, I enjoyed it. Okay, as a non-longtime Star Wars fan, I could see faults, but overall, I thought it was an enjoyable movie. It's not perfect. It's not even what I would say is necessarily up there with like Empire Strikes Back. But I really thought I really did feel like it was fitting, and it worked in the universe, and in some ways it expanded the universe in kind of interesting th- interesting ways, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. it. Had an emotional roller coaster. It was crying a lot. It was a whole thing. So yes, I enjoyed it. So I want to hear why people didn't enjoy it. Well, I thought the story as a whole was a good story. It was just some of the details that I didn't care for. Such as? Tonally, it was all over the place, up and down. It seemed a little muddled tonally. I appreciate a couple individual characters for the comic relief. I don't need everyone in the cast to be comic relief at some time in the movie. So what you're saying is the moment when the iron came down onto the uniform and it made it look like it was a spaceship landing, that was too much for you? A little bit. Okay. Yeah, I could have done without that. That was sort of one of those gags that... Do you guys remember the like way back Star Wars parody that was about toasters and irons and all yes. that stuff? That mm-hmm. was almost like Ryan Johnson was like... He was the director. I really got to make an homage to this. I got to put this in here somewhere. And yeah, it was an odd time for it. And it just kind of kept going on. Like if that moment led to another zany moment in the film with the... Uh, was it Poe? Not Poe. Um, Finn. And Rose. Rose. And then the smuggler... Benicio mm-hmm. del Toro character, like that would have made some sense, maybe, but it didn't. It went back to serious, like immediately. Spoiler alert: Benicio del Toro is in this movie for some reason. Oh, that's a big <laughs> Still beyond no, me. They, they they announced that he was going to be in the movie, but yeah. I thought he was going to be like another general for the. Um, yeah, they never said for, really. What yeah, he for was. the New Order. So and he plays a kind of a hacker Han Solo-esque rogue. Oh no, he's a fucking thief. Like okay. he steals all You're right. His he's shit. he's the Han Solo that could have gone the other direction, a little too money grubbing and whatever. And you know what was funny about that? You know, usually it's the smoking gun thing. We've talked about this before other podcasts have talked about it. You put a smoking gun out there, you put a gun out there rather it's going to be fired. So smoking. His character did, did he die off camera? No. No, he didn't die. No, he got a ton of money and he was just like but Did he fly off later. before they did the thing? Yeah. Huh. Oh, I didn't see him fly Do off. Do we know that? I didn't well, see him fly off. I mean, I mean it, but it, it didn't happen on screen, so... So he, psych- he got yeah. Cyclops. It's the, well, same, it's well, the same thing. Maybe. There's it's ambiguous. chance you could bring him back. Well, that's sure. the same thing with Phasma. Phasma got tossed into a trash compactor um, and the planet exploded. Well, right, movie. and then she fell into a giant chasm of fire. I, I think she's dead. No, she's coming back. I mean... I think at this point they've at least used her. It wasn't just like... 
Here's your one scene. Now you're in a trash compactor. She did at get least a, she had a she had a fight scene at least. I actually that was probably all the all the big fight scenes in this movie. Were yeah, fucking they were phenomenal. really good. So what else? So so you didn't like the tonal sort of schizophrenia, let's yeah. say. Uh, or what about you? Um, my problem with the movie is that it doesn't follow its own rules. Like if if you emphasize that this is a breaking away from the past, let go of the past, and and forge yourself forward, then you as a movie have to do the same thing. Otherwise, everything's a lie. And it they pulled their punches. So, like, my... Leia should have sacrificed herself because you have this person who's a part of the, you know, the resistance who nobody cares about. And the only people who know her are the people who've read the Aftermath books. Because she's in there. She's uh, she's a character. That's the Laura Dern's character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have no connection to her. We instantly like Poe. Like, yeah, it makes her look like a really, you know, she would she died for the cause thing. But that really should have been Leia. Leia's the one who should have sacrificed herself for the resistance because she's the one who believes in hope. Like you give Poe this like this character arc where he needs to learn that not everything he does is for the better of the resistance. Sometimes it takes the whole. Sometimes hope means... Running away. And, and faith. Exactly. And he has no faith in anyone. The reason why this whole like Benicio Del Toro, Finn, Rose thing is important because it shows Poe being wrong. So wrong that he crippled the resistance single-handedly. Yeah. But having said that, like you don't, you don't get that like hero's death for... For Carrie Fisher's character, you don't get a real hero's death for Luke, who now is apparently A-OK to just go be one with the Force because he's overexerted himself and, you know, he stalled for time. What did Luke do? Luke didn't do much. He actually did nothing. Like, See, but where this is, is the legacy for these people? But this is what I think, and, and I've been trying to, we talked about this in the car on the way home. This is a very so Jedi is very Buddhist, right? Like Lucas did not hide that he like Buddhism, Zen Buddhism, is a huge influence on the Force. By Luke doing what he did and dying the way he did, not that he intended to die, obviously, it's a very Zen Buddhist like nothing is everything, everything is nothing. Do you know what I mean? No, like, I, but I also totally... he did a lot in that scene to inspire fear yes. in the First Order and inspire hope in the rebellion. I'm not saying I'm not saying that. He he doesn't do something. I'm just saying in the grand scheme of things, like um, my boss said it best, say what you want about the prequels, but when you look at Anakin Skywalker, you see an epic story. You know, the rising from nothing, becoming this like Padawan, becoming like, uh, like a Sith corrupted Jedi ma- uh, Sith master, and then his redemption arc. Luke destroys the Death Star... He kind of helps save, you know, the Republic. He stumbles a little bit. He loses faith. He closes himself off, abandons everyone. And then his last thing is, mm, let me do this for you. Uh, I can't even I can't even really be bothered to go. Yeah, I'll just I, I kind of felt like he should have been there. But, but that's but that's one. That's the whole thing. The movie gets a little meta because that's the whole thing is the movie's kind of wiping the board clean. But they don't. They don't wipe the board clean. Like the the thing between Kylo and and Rey 
and Snoke, that could have been if the white Ray had said thing. yes. I I wanted the movie to to turn Ray because that would be different. That would be it's new. It's different, but 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 what I'm saying is, if you're letting go of the past and that's what they're doing, and then you as like a writer don't do the same, you you kept what you thought you could, and 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 if if seven is an introduction to this next generation and eight is the handing of things off, we don't get that. What we get is, hey, the past is what chained us. It's what brought the Jedi low. But what happens? You know, you destroy the tree. You think you burn the books. Ray takes the books. She does? She no, does. she doesn't. I think Luke's stowed it on or, to or, the Falcon. Or maybe right. that. But, yeah. but how? He... That doesn't matter. Remember he came back. They, they he, ne- he they remember ne- he got up and he went wandering around in the. Well, yeah, yeah. but he, he even reacted to the the books and the tree and all that. Remember when he was going to go burn it and then he couldn't. Oh well, yeah. Okay, so, so like let's just say the books are here. How do like, we know the books? We, we, we saw the we saw the books. Books. Okay, I didn't they're, realize. Yeah, that. they're in the Falcon. I didn't. I missed that. So okay. what does that mean? It means that nothing matters. You didn't hand things off. And if they're not going to give us some representation of Leia, because they said no CGI or anything like that, you robbed her. You robbed that character. Even if it had been done, there was so much time in between. Because they had pretty much just wrapped. Right. Rewrite the story. Do what you need to do. I feel like, though, in not doing that, they respected what she did She's going to die in the title scene. And and that's going to be a disservice. We don't know that. She's going to die in the title scene. But I mean, I I know that that's that's one way to write her off. But we really just don't know. She's going to die off screen. And that's going to be the last. She has to die off screen. But I don't know. Like. I do not want to judge what is not done yet. I will judge this movie right now, and I stand by the fact that my understanding of Zen Buddhism, and it's not, you probably have more of an understanding than I do, having studied, you know, the Far East more than you know, me. But I feel like... He it, came so close to saying the Orient. No, I did not. That's, that's the <laughs> no. next... That is, Hold that thought. That is the next step. We go from Orient to the Far East okay. to... Is the Far East a racist term? No. Okay, good. I had to second guess. The reason that I hesitated... It sounds so archaic, though. I know it does. I'm sorry. I play a lot of Final Fantasy and there's a whole thing. But, no, it, it, I, I, I hesitate because I didn't want to say what would be a racist here, term here, if here. it wasn't. Non-Western, non-Western philosophy. Well, and that's what we were talking about. Yeah. So, Pat and I were talking about the Jedi as religion. And I said the problem is it's not a religion in the way we think in the West of religion. It is an Eastern religion, and that is a, a philosophy, a, de- a way of life. It yeah, is not philosophy. More than, but it's not even philosophy because it is it is applied and there is spirituality baked in. It's not abstract like you know De, you know Descartes or whatever. So like it's it's it is religious, but it's not like again like what we think. So anyway, I stand by the fact that this movie it was two things. It was a way to sort of pass things along, which this is the this is what they're going to do. We knew they would. They didn't, but they did in some way. Leia delegates to Poe that 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 one moment, which I know it's just one thing, but she does make that call, and I think that's there for a reason. And he, but he made the connection at the, at the last battle. He pulled everyone out. He yeah, he but it actually, was about time for him to actually make a proper choice because yeah. up until then, almost every he single just wants to every shoot single thing, thing. Well, but it got people killed. Yes, yep. and leadership is about learning from your failures, and they make that point very explicitly in the film, and that is to me a real world lesson. This movie had a lot of. Life is chaos and accident. It is not all destiny. Yeah, no, I get that. But so. they don't... But but if you look at the flaws of the movie, it doesn't believe that. It doesn't. It doesn't learn for their past mistakes. What was a big criticism? It was, why do we have Starkiller Base 
we like Star Wars can be more than this. Let's move away. They've got a battering beam or a battering cannon with Death Star technology. And I'm just like, no, no, you don't have to do these things. When the Falcon goes into that crystalline gorge, I'm yes. just like, I don't, I don't, nobody needs this so anymore. Cap, Cap from Nerdish and I were talking about this on Friday, and I hadn't seen the movie yet, but he was kind of delicately talking about his problems with I it. I did. I did the same. And what it became clear to me is this movie suffers a little bit what Force Awakened did. Not as much, but they have to call back. They have to call back. They have to keep doing the touchstones. And I think that is a studio mandate. I don't think that's Johnson. I don't know, but it feels like the, the ridiculous creatures in some that's cases. That's a fallacy. They don't have to do that. No, they don't have to. You know, what I'm saying is they're compelled to. They are. The studio feels because of their whatever beliefs. Well, Hollywood's we have, an old world. Right. No, but it's just it's just we have to keep this 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 continuity. And in, in, in a lot of like uh, rituals and ceremonies, there's this kind of callback or this kind of re- repetition, you know, parallelism in, in speech writing or whatever. Yeah. Like you, you, you recap or you, you restate the motive or you, you kind of recapitulate these ideas. And that's what they're stuck in. And I agree with you that the idea that this movie is resetting and moving on, which is absolutely a big point, does not stay true in the storytelling. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And then my, my actual. So that was my high minded thing. Oh. Now, my my nerdy complaint is this. (laughs) So, loving Star Trek and, like, sci-fi or, like, anything fantasy, you know technobabble and jargon are are just part and parcel. Sure. So, when we find out that there's a way to track a ship through hyperspace, that scene doesn't make sense. That, it doesn't make sense. Because, like, I'm listening to them talk back and forth, um... Like, Rose is explaining this, and Uh I'm like, wait, what? Like, if you explain it to me and I can comprehend it, then it makes sense. But when they said it, I'm just like, so we can track things through hyperspace, but but your reasoning for, like, trying to sneak on the ship and do all this doesn't really make sense? Like, how does this ship know where you're going if only one ship can do it at a time? Like, what, like, is, like, what, you, this makes no sense. That made well, no sense it, to me either. It made sense to me. Explain it. The, okay, so like, so like, let's say you have a GPS, and you have it linked to your phone, and all you have to do is log into another phone, log into that same account on another phone. Well, let's say before you can log into the, let's say, you, let's say I walk up, destroy your phone, get in my car with the GPS, and drive off before you get out of range before you can log back into your account if, if the GPS has a specific range. So that's pretty much what they were trying to do because if they tried to do it, if they jumped to the hyperspace, then sabotaged it, it wouldn't have worked because they would have just logged into the account or they would have just transferred whatever signal they're tracking. But that means that you have to... It, it, it's, it's, a bond, it's a bond between two ships. There's nothing that's binding that other ship to this like superstar whatever we're calling it now that makes no like it's just like hey MacGuffin yeah no they and te- you just they tech the tech as uh, what's his name uh, Bear, Mc- not Bear McCreary yeah. uh, Ron Moore used to say about Star Trek writing so he, that's he, bullshit bullshit whatever tech and I agree I totally big, agree with that it's a big thing my biggest issue with that wasn't so much the the techno babble but was the fact that she rose actually said the words it'll be about six minutes before like the next cycle when they'll figure it out 
So you're going to get this thing shut down, off the ship, back to the ship, and in, uh, and in hypers- or t- hyperspace, what, yeah. hyperspace in six minutes? No. Yeah, I mean, How no. the fuck does that happen? Well, they may have like, thought they were going on a sort of, not a suicide mission, because they didn't say that. They didn't No, they didn't because like they, yeah. they sat there and, like, it just, it, it boggled my mind that you're, leave it as a, an unspecified amount of time you know. and take away that, that reality. Right. You need a suspension of disbelief that these things happen. The ex machinas all over the place in yeah. this movie. Oh, totally. There's a lot of them. Which goes in the face of the whole free will versus destiny argument because it's all destiny. The fact that they met Benicio del Toro in that prison and that led them to this and that. It's like, come on. And that whole scene, while had while it had, or not that scene, that whole like side quest, casino, yes, yeah, side quest, was ridiculous. Yeah. I hated it. That it was had unneeded. Some I hated it. Great it, little that, like laugh. See, I liked it that, because it, it it took me a little bit out of the drama, and I needed to get out of the drama a little bit because I was at that point. I was like, all right, so the resistance is just pretty much dead at this point, and I'm just like, I just I needed. I needed a minute. Well, it was, needed it was a minute the pod race of this it movie. Was. Well, in fact, in some way, there was an yeah. element of that. Uh, I actually disagree with that because I thought, I'm like, I don't need this. But it shows you because you, you need stakes. Okay, and I get you that. stakes yeah. because, you know, they're, they're enacting Poe's plan and it all came to naught because you can have the best laid plans. Yep, I agree. But they, uh-huh. you know. But I feel like they could have, they didn't need that piece of it. Oh. You could have had stakes and you could have had them try to sneak their way in and you could have been you could have had more of what happened on the ship versus agreed here's the side quest and we're going to send you off to this planet when you have no fuel to begin with and now you have to wait this entire amount of time like and if they could all hyperspace away in little transport things the whole time why like you know that instead of just trying to slow crawl to that planet like they wouldn't they didn't get tracked right they didn't know they went away well, so, I mean, they're, they're, I, I could see them not doing it because it, they're so close that if you're going to hyperspeed out, like, there's not enough distance to get out of the, the, the main ship and then hyperspace and land on a planet that close. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, it was bad enough that they hyperspaced onto the planet in the last movie and still managed to not die by hitting the planet. Well, can we talk about hyperspace uh, utilization in this movie? Um, when Laura Dern, what was her Admiral Holloway something? Nobody cares. Holden? Pink hair. Pink hair. The lesbian. Pink hair McGee. I'm I mean, sorry. The the pansexual. Hondu? Wasn't that her name? Hondu. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I think it was Admiral. Holloway. E Hondu. So when she. E Honda and uh, Yondu from yes, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yondu. Baby. E Yondu. So when she hyperspaced that frigate cruiser or whatever into the fleet, I about lost my shit. Yeah, that was boss. I'm- I. That was, that was amazing. That I, was one of the best baller moves of, of the movie. It? You know what would have benefited oh that more? You know what would have solidified <laughs> that in Star Wars history forever? What? Had it been fucking Leia Organa. Leia Organa. Suicide pilot. Although, uh, honestly, La- Leia should have died before that. Laura Dern. I'm sorry. She did not have Whoa. the force control no, for no, that. No, 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 you don't. No, would you she, better would don't. Would she superman her way back yes. onto the ship? No. That, she no. She I, I wanted that. that I've wanted that, that since made the first time I saw that character. Let me tell you when I cried in this film. There were multiple times. That was one. Because I thought, wow, they just fucking did it. Holy shit. I didn't know about, like, you know, she's later. But that should have been, that would have been so effective. It would have. But it, it was so quick. Like I just was like, they wait, did they just do that? The, they used it for the Admiral Akbar death. Oh, okay. my God. It's a trap. Oh. They were like, oh. That is, we are overlooking Done. the great you know, loss in that. By thing. the way, Laura Dern played Vice Admiral Holdo. 
Holdo. Holdo. Hordo, Hodor. So when that happened, who by the way is pretty much your first character into that realm because if you're not eating box lunches, I don't call it. Wait, it don't count. Wow, it don't count. We just lost our entire lesbian (laughs) audience. Um, in the the aftermath book, does she not? Oh, I haven't read it. No, she the the way she's described is that she's I believe pansexual. So, she, all right. Um, Anything with a postcode. So, so lunches. Yeah, the only evidence of force that we've ever seen from Leia is her barely able to mind meld with Luke. But she no, was she's gonna, more sensitive. She was going to yeah. die. Like, it's the adrenaline when you're trapped and you have to do something crazy that just happens. Like, I feel like that's what it was. And but, it, but no one was surprised by it. Oh, I was. Oh, I was no, no, totally. no. I, I mean, in the movie, oh, well, nobody that's, was surprised. That's a whole other thing. When but they she's know she's Superman in the vacuum. They knew she's Luke's sister. I mean, it's anyway. I just, I really enjoyed that moment. It was a bit of shock though, because then like Poe had run over and be like, "Open the door." Anyway, she's I, like, I so I cried then. To you. <laughs> I cried when. Uh, let's see. There were some moments with uh, Ray and. Um, Kylo that actually got me a little teary and I don't know why it was a very weird reaction to this really creepy weird machination that we found well, out about no I the reason for that is it's because they're two people whose lives suck and they're they have no heroes Ray essentially went to go to somebody she thought it was going to be a new hope she's like I'm gonna meet this guy and he's gonna help us and he's like no like the whole time and then she, she, don't meet your heroes. Exa- I mean, that was a very big, like, beat no, you over the head me, moment. No, to me, don't meet your heroes. Life doesn't work out the way you think it's going to. And um, Star Wars fanboys are intolerable. All of that was in this as subtext. But 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 the, the Jedi whole... is the Force isn't about just lifting rocks and and light swords or whatever that comment was. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. That's that's. I see what you're doing, Ryan. I and get movies it. Movies are so, more about. Just pulling your punches and not making the hard fucking choices. Uh, listen, <laughs> make the hard choices. If he could, I, I stand by my statement. I feel like they would not let him do what he might have done or another director would have done. Do you know what I mean? Like I just Make the hard choices. That Disney will never do that. They don't. Tell me a Disney movie that makes the hard choice. Ah, uh, Coco maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen Coco yet. but Do they do that? I feel like you should fix that. Oh, the black hole. Disney's the black hole. That's a Disney from the 70s. The black cauldron. Fucking yes, though. Yes. All that. Um, I also cried, of course, when the Luke and Leia reunion. I think everybody freaking lost their shit for that. Um, The whole Luke standing and doing everything. I mean, it was baller. It was pretty great. It could have been more. Like I kind of wanted to do one more little very cool. um, What's that Japanese sword? That's not ben, said Bento. Uh, what's the sword Japanese? Kendo. I felt like that was a very Kendo fight where they're just sort of stance and standing off. Well, he they... had to do everything to not interact with Kylo yeah, for yeah, as long as possible. So, yeah, but that's Kendo. Like, that's Aikido, too. Where you're, well, no, Aikido is using energy against them. But definitely Kendo where you're just stance and then you do like a run and you strike and then you... Anyway. So I thought like that was cool. I like that. I yeah. did like... I wanted more of it. No. Jared, you... I will explain what we're talking about. That's okay. I'm totally disengaged right now. No, no, no. It's fine. I'm going to bring you back. You know in Halo... I don't play Halo. Reach. Okay. You know when you can send out holograms as diversionary tactics? Okay. 
holograms as diversionary tactics. Across, was, like, the whole universe. Like, we should have known it wasn't him when he fucking pulled that limbo move. And we're like, mm, well, no, he bitch, looked, you old. I'm sorry. He looked, yeah, he... I like, mean, there should have been bones different. cracking. <laughs> right? He looked... <laughs> he been like, oh, shit. I can't his do that hair, no more. His hair was shorter, and yeah, his yeah, beard yeah. was Well, I thought right. he gave himself a man's No, no. Like, he, like, he looked almost like how he looked... In the flashback scene? Well, yeah. I, th- I thought he just got re-energized by the force for a second. Uh, yeah, no, no I, I went along with that. It didn't, that didn't, that, that surprised figured- me. Because, because they had taken time for Ray to see the X-Wing. So I was like, okay, he has a way to get off the planet. Right. But did they use it? Nope, they just threw because it Because it was a red herring. It was a smoking red gun, except that it wasn't herring. shot. But to, to speak to Oral's point about not, like, handing off this legacy... We had we were treated to um, a Yoda scene. That was awesome with the original puppet, which made me super. And happy. Frank, I know, and he did not even he oh the first the, the young Skywalker. I was like oh, and then he kept talking. I was like oh no, it's still but it's still Frank Oz. It's I mean, not, I know, but that bitch is old. Well, it's, it's not as bad as I mean, Rogue so One, Darth, Darth Vader. That was bad. Well, I mean, James Earl Jones is. I mean, they're all getting up there in age, so yeah. it doesn't sound the same. And I mean, it's like, Leia sounds not at all like classic Leia because I know, but she was like, but she's there. Yeah, she yeah. was there. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, but the fact of like we have that Yoda scene where he's like, you know, we lost, we lost Ben. We, you know, we can't lose Ray, and then there was no other interaction between the two of them. I'm like, can we? Like, I thought he was gonna have some sort of part in either her battle with um with with Kylo on on nope. the ship or there was going to be some like so that way there could be that legacy passed on that way the smoking, and it just the smoking was, Yoda but the, but that's just it is is that uh, that whole thing with Rey and Kylo was purely it was Snoke was like you're going to be the next Vader and he's like nope you're a shit i don't like you and he's like bring me the good one and the whole thing is that she thinks she's going to get Jedi training. He thinks he's going to get Sith training. And in the end, he's like, fuck you. And Luke's like, I'll give you two or three lessons. And they're both not even really what technically you expect and them to be. And that would have been fine had they stuck to that promise. But they didn't. They didn't. And in conclusion. They stuck with it with Kylo. Ben Solo. I would. Oh, God. Kylo, Ooh. absolutely. With, he, with or without the mask. Both. <laughs> when he was speaking, like, just kind of whatever with that affected voice, I was like, can you please stop? And then when he would get angry and he would start yelling, I was like, okay, now you sound normal. No. It was just, uh, I've how, seen him naked in girls. It's still weird. Uh, I love how Snoke did tell him, he's like, take off that damn mask, you fucking cosplayer. Like, that was pretty that, awesome. That made me, that, that actually made me chuckle You're right. a bit. It is totally, he was cos, Darth Vader cosplay. And bad Darth Vader cosplay. Um, all right, so real quick, the music score from John Williams, I have to mention, he's still alive. And even if I'm sure he's farming out a lot of shit because it's John Williams, he's old, there were still some pretty cool moments and some pretty melodies. I don't know that I noticed any new themes, but I have to go back and like listen again. I Nothing heard a lot of out. the themes kind of like, almost sounded like they merged at some at Well, that's, that's what he does with leitmotif. He like blends it all together. But Nothing yeah. is dual of fates anymore, and I don't care. Dual of fates is pretty baller. It's, it's probably one of the best <laughs> things out of the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, the Porgs, we have to at least acknowledge their existence. <laughs> so cute. As much as, yes, comic relief, sometimes a little jarring, <laughs> so they were fucking adorable. I mean, oh I don't mind. Oh, my God, mind. when the one was stuck up against the window... 
That was fantastic. When the one was watching Chewie eat one, and he was just sitting that, there with his yes, mouth drop open. Brilliant. That was worth it alone, right I was there. waiting for him to hold a hold a little hat and have boots on, because the big guy was like, oh, yeah. that's totally pussing boots. I was waiting for Chewie to take a bite out of it. Um, I preferred the crystalline foxes. Oh, my God. Foxes Thank you for mentioning huge. them, because I want one. What about they, the, oh, they were you, fantastic. You did actually say that on the way in. What about caretakers, the little weird... Whatever. Oh, the poor little nun ladies. Oh, they nun reminded nun la- me so much of New New Earth's cat nurses. A little bit. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. totally see that. And then we also have the oddly um, relaxed looking cows. They got milked. Oh, it was like Dory oh. washed up on shore Making, from Mario Brothers. It was weird. Direct eye contact was- with Ray while being milked. <laughs> I was like, "That's a turn on for you, isn't it?" I was like. I feel like yeah, that's a yeah. turn on. I, I, look, I looked at Ray. I was, when Ray was sitting there, I was just like, yeah, that's... Oh. And then the uh, the things they rode on the casino planet that's not Nar Shaddaa, which it should have been Nar Shaddaa. Oh, those are cute. Those were, El those were cute. No, no, not Amy Grant. <laughs> that's Amy Grant's home planet. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, did I miss I any so weird much. alien moments? I feel like those are the big ones. No, yeah, no, that's it. And it's classic Star Wars to have weird alien moments. Side so. note, Rebels did the whole crystal, like the creatures leading you through a cave out to like a place where you can be rescued. Aaron almost had a stroke. I saw like he's like, I already saw that Star Wars. Rebels did it. Well, can we talk about the use of blowing up a ship before you get into it? But right before you get into it, mm-hmm. they did it in Force Awakens with Poe's uh, X-wing. They did it in this ship in this movie twice with the. Hey, um, if we don't bat an eyelash when a black jet, uh, the Blackbird or Quinjet explodes we can't really uh, see that was no. the thing that bothered me in all the other star wars movies i was like ain't nobody gonna shoot their shit before they get in it that's um, weird. well that's them overcorrecting. oh yeah though yeah. when when it happened on the beach and they were like oh never mind. overcorrecting <laughs> overcorrecting um i don't know i like the it. little i can, the I can little, watch oh, it again one more crazy alien the little alien that was like uh, feeding coins into bb8 that was pretty great that was cute and then all of the bb8 stuff I, it almost got gratuitous at one point. I was like, okay, we've had a lot of BB-8 in this movie. And then what's Remember the, when we found out when R2 had jets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> BB-8's got like When BB-8 everything. had to start putting a finger in each of the damn holes yeah. and then they come back and there's like 14 of them. On the circuit board and then, and just, then he's like, fuck it. Circuit doesn't work like that. Um, just headbutt. Don't they? <laughs> All right. Anything else? Last thoughts? Uh, it's not, as another friend put it, this Star Wars movie was like pizza. Even not so great pizza, still pizza. It's still Star Wars. I did enjoy yeah. it more than Force Awakens for sure. I'm, I'm I gonna, did not. I'm gonna rewatch that fight scene with uh, Kylo and Rey, probably on my deathbed because that that was fucking amazing. Also overcorrecting for the fact that those guards in the in so, the original trilogy didn't do shit. So were the imp- those Imperial guards? Do you think because Luke said nope. at one point nope. that. Ben oh, the took nope. some of the... Nope, it's not them, because if it is, people... Pitchforks and torches. Pitchforks They never have said torches. what happened to him, so, yeah, I don't That's know. That's true. I mean, they could. he could go gather him up in the next movie, since he Kylo clearly... turned them. Since he clearly has no one. I did like the Rashomon quality of the um, different versions of that story that Luke and then Kylo... Yeah. That was kind of a nice moment, too, and it does... Again, it gets to real life is messy, and there's always multiple sides of a story and experiences. So, mm-hmm. again, I feel like this is the Star Wars movie that got Zen philosophy more present, and also like made it a metaphor for real life in ways that I I thought was cool. So, I don't know. I still liked it, uh, but I felt that the 
Adam Driver on green screen during oh. the um the the Luke fight was horrible. It was I just wanted to point that out. There's a lot of there's a lot of green screen. That was exceptionally was, horrible. Yeah. And my my real issue with the story is that there was a lot and it felt like there was two movies compressed into one. The way it ended, especially with the fact that there's so few of the resistance left and it's like we're sparking, you know, this this new hope, this new generation should have been the end of nine. And then you can lead it into like the next set of trilogy be oh. where Star Wars Forever. It, it, Disney owns it. It will be. Well, D- Disney made a comment that they said, as long as it does well, they're thinking about continuing. It they're after giving these Ryan three. his own trilogy. Yeah. Like he's done enough to get his own damn trilogy. But but you see what I'm saying is like you have this you have this passing on of the legacy that doesn't necessarily happen but does, and then you have this whole thing where now you're inspiring these kids on this planet who are eight, nine, ten years old. That should have been the way like this trilogy ended. I agree with that. And then that way you can then spawn into another trilogy where you have, you know, Daisy Ridley and these people are gonna then take over those roles. Well, she's as, like, Nope, I'm done after the third one. Well, she's walk she walked back that comment. Did she? Oh, yeah. yeah. She's smart. <laughs> but it, it it just it seemed like it seemed like they tried to do a lot. So somebody posted to your to your point, this should have been the last movie in this trilogy. Well, in fact, a, they even said the last Star Wars movie. Well, they really thought this would have been a nice. Nope, that's it. We're done. Had the way that it at le- least in the that storyline, the way that it ends, it really did feel like an ending. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you have, and then and then it wouldn't have been so bad to have Leia be the last of like those original mm-hmm. main characters, and then just you know, and you don't have to kill her off screen. Exactly, it would have yeah. been a nice I mean, way to just go yeah. out with it. And one last point, I love the fact that you can tell what trilogy you're watching. Based off the number of lumps of hair the main female character has. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Padma. Oh my god. Padme, I'm sorry. Yeah. One big mound of hair. Leia with a two. Mm-hmm. And then Daisy Ridley with her three coming up the back. Interesting. Huh. It's the Morse code of Star Wars. All right. So if you disagree with us, um, and there's lots to disagree with. Before we go into that, what? it's a, we've spent 30 minutes talking about it. Flame ratings. Oh, yes. we got to do a flame rating. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, out, of, out of five flames. Brian, we'll start with you. So I'm a purist. I can't do relative. Four. Four. Okay. BJ? I do four. Oral? Two, <laughs> two and a spark. Ooh. <laughs> two and a, a spark, spark for a new hope. Oh. Um, Eric? Two and three quarter flames. And Jared, <laughs> this conversation one flame. Oh! <laughs> Self-deprecating to the end. Uh, and what do you think? I'll go. Uh, I'll go three and a half. I enjoyed it. I'm not a huge like. I've never. I, I don't know if we've ever mentioned this before. I'd only seen one Star Wars movie before 2015, the end of 2015. You're welcome. And that was Episode One. I didn't even <sighs> see. I didn't hadn't watched the original trilogy. I literally that all came out, and my household was not. That was not a thing for my household. Uh, so the only time I, there was hype for Star Wars was when the prequels came out, and I went and saw the first one, and then that hype died out extremely quickly after that. So I never saw two and three, and then Brian made me watch four, five, and six before seven came I out. I mean, the right ones. Um, all right. Well, so if you disagree with us completely, or you think we're all right, just go on Facebook, Flame on Show on Facebook. Please let us know what you thought. Um, we will probably be reading some of your comments later in the future as we sometimes do but um also flameonshow.com of course 
All of our social media links are up there, and you should definitely check us out to see uh, what we're up to. Um, Before we move on to the next topic, we are going to... This is the first time we've actually done a December full cast recording. Normally, we in the last couple of years, we've done clip shows. And throughout that, we have brought up um, the cast members' favorite things, pop culture-wise, for the year that is passing. Um, so Oral's actually going to be heading out of here in just a moment. But before he does, Oral, what's your uh, your favorite thing of 2017, pop culture? Okay, so I could have said how strong How to Get Away with Murder is, which is always a recurring thing for me. But this season has been really good. good. And I like the, the big shift. Um, I thought it was going to be Game of Thrones, which I thought delivered a really strong season and gave us something to look forward to in 2019, I think, when it's yes, coming back. that's confirmed. But really, for me, is The Good Place. Huh. Because The Good Place came back, and it is superb. Like, there is very... There's a very limited show... A very few shows that I get to watch now and I look forward to every week because I'm just so busy. But to come back throwing your old premise out that big twist at the end spoiler alert where they're in the fucking bad place the entire time and like how that has transformed this series has opened a lot of doors for it to to allow themselves to do all this kind of like bending and twisting and then that like mid-season break really just makes me want to keep watching it's super smart. I love how quirky it is. It's bizarre. It's amazing. The philosophy that they bake into the show is yeah, pretty cool. It is, I think, probably the strongest show NBC has to date. Oh. I mean, the jokes are are just impeccably craft, crafted. Mm. And the performances, like they execute that. Janet. Janet is amazing. Oh, my God. God. She's phenomenal. Everything they do with her is great. Have we seen the midseason? I don't even know what happened in the midseason. Uh, that's it? why I didn't say anything. Oh, so, I appreciate like, that's, that. That's my thing. Uh, I, I love you all. Thank you for listening to my shrill voice for so many years. I look forward to being on a podcast next year. And being on time, like I went out this year. You, you did well. Deuces. You oh, were er- not even on time. You were early. Oh, we're excited. I was early. Good we're job. excited because All Stars Three starts oh. up in January. I don't. I still don't know which one. I just. It's either Trixie, or. He's a reclumped. Breathe, girl. I know it's a lot. That beer's ten percent. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. It's a Sophie's choice. This is honestly one of the first seasons where it doesn't feel like they brought back a queen because they owed her a crown mm-hmm. and then just filled it with like nine other so, yeah. nine other cast it's, members. It's, for me, and there's so many, but I think for me, it's either going to be Chi-Chi or Trixie. I'm totally team Trixie. I'm team Ben also, but yeah. I mean, Trixie has done so much. Well, we look forward to more Dragons and New Spandex in the new year. Uh, if you are not familiar with Dragons New Spandex for some reason, you missed out, you go back in our feed. You can look at all of our RuPaul-related, Drag Queen-related episodes. They are all clearly marked. Special guests. Special guests. Interviews with local drag queens. So uh, it's not just RuPaul queens. We have uh, local queens we interview. It's, it's awesome. And we have some more exciting stuff to announce uh, in January. So moving on. Were there, no, other, no. were there any other movies? That's all that matters. Coco. Yes. Yeah, I saw Coco, but that's going to be my I've best of the year. That. So, All right, well, we'll save that. We'll save that. Um, and then we can pile on then. Um, I know Shape of Water is coming up, and I'm very excited. I'm excited yes. for yes. that. 
I don't know when or where it's playing. Come it's on. It's, it's going to be the NZN. Yeah, it's going to be at the NZN in, in January. Oh, they're doing like a... This Friday. This week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's this week. It's weird because then it goes wide. Anyway, yeah. it's all yeah. things. So that's exciting. Um, there Call is, Me By Your Name will be wide release. What's closer to... Remind me which one that is again. That's... It's the fancy dining theater. Um, no, 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 no. Dear. dear. <laughs> Not the end. <laughs> Stop. Call Me By, by Your Name. Yes. It's Army Hammer in... Uh, I just love his name. I just think of baking soda every time. <laughs> um, he's in... Gets into a gay relationship with like a 17-year-old. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. So supposedly, and this is interesting, Suf John Stevens was supposed to be an actor in that in that movie. I'll do anything for you, Sufjan. And he didn't end up doing it, but I guess they used some of his music in it. So I don't know. I, I'm really curious now. I heard a great inter, uh, review of the movie, and I want to see it. Uh, anyway, it's so that's, based off a novel. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's a uh, pop culture happy hour did a, a yes, an episode on I, it. I did hear about that too. Um, so, which, which is the only thing that's a little awkward about it is because of um, our climate with uh, underage relationships. It is it, interesting. The... Yeah, it's kind of it, it's coming out at an awkward oh. time where oh, yeah. where you have somebody who's like it's twenty six and seventeen. I think is is mm-hmm. the ages of the two main characters. So it's do we want to go there? But <laughs> as far as I know, it's a very restrained love story. Yes, no, it's not gratuitous. It's yeah. not salacious. Let's say. Um, and I will also say that everyone I've heard who read the book first hated the movie. But everyone who hasn't read the book loved the movie. Well, right. And I get that. That's why I don't read the book if I haven't yet before I see the movie. Even though it does taint the book, I don't have that constantly comparing it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so movie-wise, there are a lot of movies. We were talking about what comic book movies are coming. Uh, of course, before Star Wars, Infinity War trailer, uh, Jurassic World, uh, Fallen Kingdom, Fallen yep. Empire. Yep. Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Um, what else is exciting? Uh, Deadpool. We talked about Deadpool. When is Deadpool? Does anybody know what Deadpool's coming out? I think it's like soonish, right? It's the, like earlier. It's, it's supposed to be soon, but uh, apparently um, do- the a woman who was Domino's um, stunt double, she died on set. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, she died on set, and they they halted production uh, pretty much until her, her service was done. And oh. then I think they actually gave the crew and cast um, a slight mourning period. Sure. So they may have, they may have pushed uh, back the premiere. June 1st is what oh, they is June 1st. Okay. So that I was wondering if they were doing a Valentine's day thing again. Um, Dark Phoenix, of course is coming out. <sighs> I know Aquaman. They're finally going to do the Aquaman movie. Black Panther. Black oh, Panther. Black Panther. Of course. My body, my body is so ready. <laughs> so Ant-Man and Wasp. I'm, my body I'm is actually, not ready for that. I actually have a concern now that we've seen that, um, Infinity War trailer for Black Panther that they're going to shoehorn a lot of Captain America and uh, Winter Soldier into that. I don't think to, so. I don't think I, so. I don't think, I so. Don't think I, they will. I think it'll be ancillary or maybe um, the end or post credit. And and also it uh, from for just from what we've seen of um, of Captain America, he's not. I think he's he's under the moniker Nomad now. Oh, that I, would be I, I doubt they're going to actually go nomad. I, I doubt they'll actually say that. But they're modeling. You're, you're kind of yeah. like a nomad. They're, they're, the, they're the, modeling the, him after that line will be there. the nomad character. Yeah, um, she will not be the last Jedi. I, I am <laughs> roll credits. I am super excited though that they're doing a an animated Spider-Man movie, and they're using the plot line for Into the Spider Verse. 
Yeah, no, I mean, the animation of, though looks yeah, the animation looks janky, it. crazy. Is it, is it Flash? Is it like like ridiculous, like cheesy? It's it's it very is. comic booky. You yeah. didn't, you didn't see it as a trailer before no. your no, I didn't have Star it on Wars. No. It was before mine. Hmm. Which is amazing because Sony made put out that big release when they were when they I guess had uh, co-signed the rights for Spider-Man with Marvel that. Um, they were like, Spider-Man will always be Peter Parker. We aren't going to do Miles Morales. Bullshit. And then, and then, I, then they're they're doing pretty much Miles Morales is is kind of the main character. Yeah. For for the movie, but we'll see all of the different um, Spider characters. Are we going to get Spider Gwen? I think I think I, we're going to Spider. Come on. I think we're going to have to. Superior Spider-Man is possibly the main villain because he he Aww. asked Peter. So how many are are there of us? And there's a there's one of uh, the spider drones is crawling down. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty. Are we sure. going to get Spider Pig? I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. Spider Ham. Well, to piggyback off of your oh. Spider Gwen question, she's actually going to be in this new um, Secret Warriors cartoon. Yes, that's like the all female. Not all female. It's like female and diverse characters. Um, but she will not be Spider Gwen. She's she going to be, be Ghost Gwen? Spider. Ghost Spider. Uh, Ghost Spider. But the other fun part about that is the fact that um, there's now speculation that she'll show up in live action. with the cha- Possibly with the name change. Because um, Chloe Bennett is voicing Quake. And yep. the chick that's going to be playing Squirrel Girl is voicing the Squirrel Girl character. And there was this whole thing. And I forget the exact reasoning behind it. But... The voice actors tend to be the the live action actors, and there's something with her coming up where I think she's in one of the shows, but not like the character hasn't been given away yet. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. So I where think is that going to be? Shield, I think she's supposed to be in Shield. I don't know. Is it direct to video? It's not in the. No, theaters. I don't know. I I don't I don't know much about it at all. Which one? The one you were talking about. Oh, the. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I'll, I'll get back. Venom yeah. is also coming out in 2018. Oh. There's nine comic book movies apparently coming out Ooh. in 2018. Oh, and um, Battle Angel Alita. Which yeah. is a manga, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but we saw got, a trailer for that, too. So you have Black Panther. You've got Infinity War. You've got Ant-Man and the Wasp. You've got Venom, Aquaman, Deadpool. Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Dark Child. Tony <laughs> Braxton. <laughs> And apparently there's a couple of others. There's two others. I don't know which Too what they many. Are. And now with the merger no. of Marvel or Marvel. Oh, Disney. New Mutants. Oh, I'm New Mutants. So that's eight. Yeah. So I'm missing one. Disney and Fox. Disney finally did it. They Ugh. Planet of the Apes around the corner. No, they bought Fox or they bought Thank properties. You, the they, they bought they bought 21st Century Fox. Oh which yeah, that's is their right. Movie which movie is, uh, division. That's so funny that they. I I love the Simpsons' ability to uh, project. And know what's going to happen to Nostradamus that shit. Yeah, it's kind of it. Well, but you know, you think, oh, there's a lot of Simpsons out there, so they've thrown everything against the wall, so something's going to come true. But like, they got this right too. It's kind of amazing. Um, so that means Lisa Simpson's going to be president, and whatever else happens. God, I hope so. Um, uh, that's what I was saying. Like everybody keeps on talking about, like you know, who's going to take out, you know, who's going to be the next president after our current one. I'm like, why are we all concerning ourselves? We all know Lisa Simpson. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> Lee Smith. Um, so let's. So, so, I mean, this is not a big deep dive here. The next topic is more interesting, I think. What do we... Are we excited or are we scared of this giant corporate merger that will result in the X-Men and Fantastic Four becoming uh, Marvel proper? I mean, like, I feel like that's the the geeky, easy takeaway. 
Um, uh, aliens, uh, the, 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 what's the, the queen will become a Disney princess. Ugh. Oh, God. Or Ripley, if you want to go that way. Ugh. I've been seeing a lot of uh, Hellraiser uh, <gasps> memes. Do they? Yes. Oh. Yes, they do. Uh, I saw a Rocky Horror Yeah, uh, yeah. Frank the next Disney princess. That's awesome. Um, Listen, I'm pissed. That all everybody's all like, oh, Frankenfurter is the new Disney princess. Oh, the Xenomorph Queen is the Disney princess. Where the fuck was this when Marvel got bought by Disney? Where's my Jean Grey as a Disney princess? I swear that happened though. I mean, she's not technically royalty though. Neither is the goddamn Xenomorph. Well, Storm is Storm is a queen. Storm. (laughs) That would have been good. Would be more apt to be a Disney princess. Oh, somebody. So maybe it was Brad locally on Facebook. Was talking about like how people are, are getting all pissed off that um, Anastasia is going to be like a Disney princess yes. and like, bitch, she was an actual princess. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Calm yourself. Yes. So the only downside to all this corporate merger is it does sort of mean that we're going to we're probably going to see so much more genre stuff, and that's not going to say a bad thing for like people who are a fan of the genre, except for other people who want just new story ideas and not just retreads of pop culture. So like, there is a sort of nice or a problem potentially with I, that. I it I'm ex, uh, I'm the instant gratification of it yes. makes me excited. Yes. The reality of it scares me a little well, bit. Well, it's like I want and enjoy and I really look forward to pizza at dinner, but pizza's not great for you, so yeah, long term. See, for me, uh, it's it's more now you have one company ordering the pizza for you. Yes, that's, that's true what it too. feels, and then like. charging you every time you go back to the fridge for seconds. Well, that that would be that would be because net neutrality's gone. So, so speaking of which, that <laughs> also it's happened. Not Excellent gone. transition. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that it's also not happened. completely gone. I mean, like that's that's no, one of the biggest have, things that people the, like are. They still have to go through the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, it's yeah. been done twice before, and it's been swatted down twice before in court. But. Plus, the, we got the AGs coming up to to the plate and fucking suing. So. The FCC yeah. is the executive branch that enforces it, and if they decide we are no longer going to interpret this and enforce it, unless a court does say no, 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 or Congress goes no, 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 I mean it's it yeah. But we also lived beyond before the world of net neutrality only a few years ago, so I'm really interested to see now. Do we turn into cell phones? Like, or not? We turn in. Does do our cable plans, our internet, turn into cell phone plans? The whole nightmare scenario of oh, well, if you want to have a a, a wireless or a, a, an internet plan with Hulu access, it's an extra twenty bucks for the cable company. Not you know, it's Hulu. not necessarily. It, a lot of that's come up because other countries have had that model happen, and in the cell phone market, that sort of happens. Well, and that's the thing, and because Ted Cruz um, decided to call people snowflakes in a fucking tweet, like, sir, you represent these people as well. Thanks. Wow. Um, Such an asshole. But the, the the big issue is that we did have a lot of what people are worried about. It was before these ISP oversights were in place, because companies would throttle your internet speed. Right. You had text minutes or texting as one charge. You had. Um, talk minutes as another thing. Like you had all of these things broken down, and a lot of that had to be curbed because of these oversights that the government stepped in and, and did. You know, Verizon has even said uh, publicly that the only reason that they don't throttle and they don't like uh, have these do these types of like slowing down on certain for certain websites is because of the net neutrality rules that are in place. Yes, yeah. that's true, yep. but wireless was exempted from net neutrality like cell phone internet was exempted from those rules 
So the whole wireless cellular part is separate. It has always been, like from the beginning. And that was a big criticism of the way they did it. Yeah, because there's already one thing out there that I know of where T-Mobile currently is advertising that they give you unlimited Netflix. Right. So that means they could theoretically be throttling Hulu or any well, no, other. Just charging you for the data you use. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, so. Well, no, but they can throttle. The, the biggest issue of is, the, is throttling. And then when, when you're on Netflix and it starts buffering more often or Hulu slows Unless down you pay or, for the Netflix enabled. Well, and that's the nightmare. Or when well, Disney they, takes their 66% and they're like, fuck you. But I have, I have T-Mobile and they, um, uh, they, they do throttle you after 30 39 gigs Jesus data and they may how do you me. how do you do that when you don't do you you pay for internet separately so I know people who don't like Jared you mentioned the other day what? you don't have internet outside of your cell service I I do it's just it's community wide it's not oh okay it's yeah. not mine specific but you don't use it very often no, is what you're saying so I'm I mean not, like I'm hardly ever home there are a lot of people who Rely. I mean, I do this when I'm on the road. If I don't have my computer or if I'm tired or even if I get in and I just want to sit on my phone, I don't have to worry about hooking into the hotel Wi-Fi. And sometimes I don't. Exactly. So that's well, yeah. but um, but no, yeah, no, I'm in a I'm in a waiting room. Um, I I spend most of the time outside the house. I'm at the gym. The gym Wi-Fi is being weird. I'm like, well, this is why I pay exorbitant amounts of money for unlimited data. Um. So, and it, I've scaled it back a bit. I've been a little bit more conscientious about hooking up to public Wi-Fi. Um, but yeah, no, they, um, they did it for a while with um, Spotify, too, where they were like, we're not going to, your Spotify, the data you use for Spotify isn't going to count towards count your, towards your right. data amount, which helped me a lot. I like that they've done that, but yeah, it does let them be selective on who's paying them, whatever. Exactly. Now, it's another interesting kind of side side note, although if you do want to get really pissed off, go look up Ajit Pai, who's the chair of the FCC right now. Um, he's basically oh. mocking people who are criticizing, Douche. and like, it's, it's he's he's not only a mouth breather, a breather, breeder, a mouth breather, sorry, I'm being influenced by you, I think, a mouth breather. I mean... Yeah, I, I like. Isn't that your nickname? I like breeding mouse. Uh huh. So. so mouth breather. If you watch him in any shot, and if you see like the shoot the the photos they choose for him, he's always like uh, has his mouth just agape. But like he is like actively making fun of people for criticizing net neutrality's uh, removal. Or well, no, you okay? So that's that was a video for a far right website called the Daily Caller. If you really want to be pissed at him. Watch his reaction to one of the women because there's two Democratic women on the FCC board. One of them went through this whole like impassioned speech about how how these rules are important, how like this will be a, a you know a negative effect for the for the the populace in general. And then he just laughs at her and goes, "Oh, I'll just put. I guess I'll put you down as a no then." Fuck you, yeah. dude. He's a big douche. I was gonna say, have you seen the me the the memes that have erupted? Uh, the, my personal favorite one is they put his face on a guy in a porn, and all the dicks are whited out with different like Comcast different, and yeah, Comcast, ATT, all of the the different cable and phone companies and everything, and that's pretty phenomenal. But it it goes to his Wikipedia, so like Wikipedia let people edit whatever the fuck they want on his Wikipedia page, uh-huh. and it's like 
It's like this douche nozzle was born in this fucking goddamn place. Like, oh yeah, no. It, like he has the full force of the internet at, uh, uh, on his ass. It's a dangerous now. thing to piss off. Oh, so, yeah. um, it sucks. And the only way I mean, now, now, of course, you can't just petition your FCC rep. Not that we have reps. Call your Congress critters if you really want to get any kind of sense of. Uh, dismay or anger out, and you can look you up got. to see who voted who voted for what. Yeah, it's all there. Well, uh, I mean, there's only five of them, so well, yeah. right. But I mean, it, at it this easier. point, they've they've done their thing. Focus on Congress. Focus on other places. Yes. Now, all right. Before we get yes. on to our next topic, BJ, why don't you tell us what your favorite thing, pop culture wise, of 2017 was? Oh, that's gotta be um, that's gotta be anime. I. I got out of anime for a hot minute, and with the resurgence of Dragon Ball uh, Super, which has actually been, it's Dragon Ball with like current writing tropes, so it's like really funny again. Um, but then you've got Food Wars, uh, the third season, the third plate, that has just been absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then you've got My Hero Academia, just wrapped season two, and they're coming up with season three. That one's also a really, really good series. Uh, if you haven't watched it, it's definitely worth it. The first like five episodes, it gets a slow start, but all the characters are all interesting. The superpowers. Pe- There's a kid that has tape. That's his superpower. He shoots tape out of his elbows. All right. They're tape distance. I feel it- like your 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 friends at iFanboy came up with that superpower. Seriously, it does sound like that. I mean, there's. Like one of the characters' moms for she's, rapping. She's she's telekinetic, but she can only lift objects that are under ten pounds and within like two feet. Without of her. going, so oh Scott. Okay. Scott? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, and she uses it for housework. Like it's 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 interesting to see a series that does like superhuman society, but doesn't really it doesn't demonize people with superpowers it actually encourages them to get out and help people. If not for the good of society, you're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Because you, you meet some... You, you, there happens to be one um, superhero named Mount Lady, and she's just in it for like the glory. She's kind of an mm-hmm. asshole, but she's just in it for the glory. Um, so it's really, really, really good. All the characters are, have a lot of depth to, depth to them. Um, so yeah, anime, anime in 2017 has been outrageously good. Nice, Eric. Let's we'll we'll double up on this uh, this segment of things in pop culture we love. And you already mentioned what yours is, so why don't you uh, go a little bit more in depth on yours? Yeah. So my favorite pop culture thing of the year is Coco, which is Disney Pixar's movie of the year. Um, it's their first full musical. It's a I, full musical. Oh. Yeah, it is a full musical. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, it's hard to tell a movie about a boy wanting to be a musician without it being a musical. Um, but it's a lot of people, well, a lot of people will say, well, didn't the book of life already tell this story a couple years ago? And the book of life was a love story where this is all about family and just that. I mean, well, when Channing Tatum does anything, it really just is the epitome of what that story should be. <laughs> <laughs> including his uh, Gambit movie, which will never be made. Aww. Including the music video that he did with Pink. Mm-hmm. Including Magic Mike. Aww. <laughs> uh, I've but, seen none of these things, by the way. But as far as Coco... Coco <laughs> back to Coco. <laughs> Coco it's with just, marshmallows? Yes. Okay. Um, 
it's just beautiful. It the music incredible. Um, there was no whitewashing as far as I know. Mm-hmm. No, it was actually it, it was a it was, uh, it was primarily full Mexican a Spanish cast. cast. Yeah. Yeah. Wait till Halloween 2018. We'll see if they learn their lesson with the Moana costumes. <laughs> but there was something different about it. You know, usually when you watch Pixar films, the first ten minutes are the ones that really get you. Oh yeah, it was the last, the last ten, 10 minutes. minutes where oh my gosh, I was I was sobbing. And then I didn't stop crying until like 15 minutes after I left the theater. Nope. Not going to uh, do it. I'm, I am not in the mood for that nonsense. But it's a good cry. It's happy cry. Uh, that's the worst kind. Absolutely not. Because then every time I feel joy, I'm reminded about that part. And then I'm just, I'm crying. No, absolutely not. Oh, now, oh, I'm, and now I'm crying thinking about it. I yeah. will stay cold and dead. It's, and, and it's especially tough if you've lost a parent. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I had thing. that. Yeah. So. But that is my pop culture of the year. Nice. Bring us into television, Mr. Pitted. So, did we talk about the Earth X event? Uh, we mentioned that it was happening. We haven't, I don't think. <sighs> that happened in between. Uh, it did, you're right. It was around that, Thanksgiving. It did. So, if you left the Justice League movie feeling like, you know, I really like the idea of seeing my DC heroes on the big screen or some screen. But in yeah, live action, live action <laughs> with real people, real people, real no sexy CG, people, real sexy people uh, with relationships and problems. Come on, Stephen Amell. Um, yes. And you thought uh, this is not my favorite thing ever. It's got problems. I'm not fulfilled at all. You can go watch four different TV shows all within the stretch of one week, which I mean, that was what it aired in now, two nights and two, ni- just, just, they did right, two, two nights. nights. They moved arrow to Monday, yep. which screwed me all up. Cause I didn't realize <laughs> that. And I didn't set it to record on the TV. <laughs> so you can watch these four hours of television with commercials, of course, removed and get a far better DC experience in every way possible with the only downside that you are watching the CW CW? I keep wanting to say WB, and I know it's wrong. Wow. I know. I'm old. Oh, Oh, God. If you had said UPN, I would have loved it. I was about to say UPN, too. Sister, sister. But, but no, I mean, you know, as is true to its predecessors on the WB specifically, there's a healthy dose of emotional soap opera-y relationship stuff. But if you get past that, you get to see amazing things like the Ray by um, what's his name? Russell Tovey. Russell, Russell Tovey. Oh. Tovey, that arse. And oh. then um, Citizen Cold, not Captain Cold, by the amazing and always entertaining Wentworth Miller. Girl, oh. he took. Oh, I wish Orr was still here to do his Wentworth Miller impression. <laughs> Mint but tulip. He took his. He took his his flaming homosexualness <laughs> and dialed it up to like. <laughs> Blazing inferno of homosexuals because at, he got to be a gay character and it was got amazing. To be, when he, yes, and he got to, when he looked at the flash. He's like, that outfit is fantastic. I, I like, mean, did, did you make that yourself? Citizen Cold is already a cool character yes. because it's a good, like you know, it's the, it's sort of a mirror universe Captain Cold. But like the fact that he is stuck around anyway, that's 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 going past that. So I'm excited. The fact that they are fighting. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fighting Nazis, and even if it's an alternate universe, Nazis, punching Nazis. The statement uh, made by, oh God, uh, Jefferson. Um, oh, they want to make America... Uh, not great again, but make America Nazi, fascist again. Like, he basically straight up calls out MAGA. Um, remember, this is also the network and the TV shows where um, Supergirl's final episode of last season was, and yet oh, she persisted. Exactly. I mean, like, <laughs> this is not a set of shows. Honestly, none of the superhero shows have given a rat's ass about being subtle. Oh, yeah. about no. speaking out against what is going on politically and, 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 and in the world today, which for the first time like bridges a divide between Marvel and DC in the current like climate, is that like Agents of Shield and the WB um, or CW you got me saying WB now. <laughs> God damn it. One Tree Hill. <sighs> uh, like that's one big like common thread. So for them to like turn around and be like, and our main villain, no, not aliens, fucking Nazis. They Nazis. Ha- they have um, okay. complete with fucking concentration camps. Oh, oh yeah, straight straight up up uh, les- lesbian camps. love story, gay uh, <gasps> male love story, like all of these things. Earthex. As delivered. soon as Alex and Sarah were on the screen together, I was like, and they're putting them together. They're shipping Every- them. I was I was all for it. I was like, oh, of course, all everybody. Finally, was. yeah. So and the- when they went into battle and they both ripped their skin, they're they're like, Shh, we're ready to kick ass now. The only thing that made me sad in the whole thing was the unfortunate death of one of the main characters. Son of a bitch! By we all knew we he know was this, leaving, right? though. I knew he was leaving. I just figured like they'd be like, "Oh, he's going. He's There's going." No home. way you can like, do that. No, no, no. He like, doesn't you... get to meet his grandchild. He dies. Like, <sighs> son of a bitch! Yeah. It's 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 not sinfully delicious. It's no. sinfully tragic. I was and, like... And I will tell you, Victor Garber is a national treasure, and I love him in every form he takes, in every project he does. I will watch because he's just he's amazing. going to Broadway. Is he Thank, going to Hello well, that's, Dolly? That's, yes, that's his. That's his thing. Like he is a Broadway. I guy. loved. I, I mean, he was Jesus, right? Exactly. He Godspell. Was, I mean, the original <laughs> Jesus and Godspell. And I just, I was really, he in the movie? Yeah. I really. With Lynn the what? With Lynn Thigpen. Yeah. I really can't. Say how much I love Victor Garber. I actually should say I have not seen the Sinfully Delicious thing. It's the only thing I can think of that I have not seen him in. I'm going to have to find that on YouTube and post it on the, uh, the the Facebook page. One, so you can see it. And two, for our listeners out there, that every time we talk about Victor Garber, that comes up. Yes. And if you've never seen it in the original run of Will and Grace, you should. So EarthX is a uh, crisis. on, And the fact that it was a crisis and not just, uh, what did they call last year? I don't know, the Dominators uh, or World... Invasion. Invasion. Or, yeah. This is a fucking full-on crisis with, I think the intro, one of them had a comic book 
like sort of panel looking yeah, yeah. thing. Oh no, did. all all of the all of that's the what it was. Yeah, all the openings. Were all of the openings kind of strung together with um, so good. Each one of their shows in the in the uh, letters. Um, the one thing I have to mention though is there's a, it, all of this happens at the start of Barry and Iris's wedding because they Ugh. can't have a normal life. Um, I which I felt was like such a cop like it was like I felt so cheated by that that then they ended up eloping in the park. And then With not just them, oh, yeah. but fucking oh. Ollie and Felicity are like, um, can, oh. we, can we just get married with you two? That was See, so dumb. I Fuck was you. fine. I was fine with their wedding being ruined because personally, I my favorite superheroes are the ones who have all of their moments ruined. Well, sure. That's and, a trope. Yeah. But the, but the big thing is right before the wedding, there's some of the catering staff walks up and, ta- and she, she talks to Barry and she's really awkward. It's like a weird cross between Barry and Felicity. And she's talking to him. And she's like, I'm just I'm just so glad I get to meet you. And he's yeah. just like, oh, or, okay, cool. Or Barry and Iris. Barry and Iris. But, well, no, no, no. She's like, but she. She's like a. She's, her cross, awkwardness yeah. is like, it's the perfect dialogue. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's that's more of the Barry. Because, yeah, they, they, they planted a seed that they. Which I assume that that is going to be played out. We were talking about this last yeah. night. I don't, I, don't I, think you, you cast that. And I didn't see what she was cast as, what her name was, but yeah. I feel like that is something that is going to come in. I, I feel like she's great. probably Impulse. Yeah, I think you're right. And I would love the it. Far Future, or not even Far Future, because it does kind of get wibbly-wobbly a little bit, but the descendant uh, grandchild or great-grandchild of, of Barry, Barry and Iris. Iris. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd, really, I'd really like it if the fact that she's, she's actually been there for the longest time, just kind of studying she didn't have him to be there from for the longest distance. time. She could just been there like for that. For the she wedding. knew it would happen. Like, yeah. Um, the time travel thing. Is she, is she like the uh, that one guy that they retconned as being like the oldest X Men that just everybody forgets as soon as you look away from him? Oh. Oh no. <laughs> no, not that one. No, not that one. So but it was uh, phenomenal. It was, great. it was so good. They the fact that they got to play doppelgangers of themselves, evil quote unquote doppelgangers. Yeah, yeah. Hats off to the hats off to the Stephen Amell and the girl who plays Supergirl because. They actually did a really good job with the duality yeah, there. Melissa, Melissa Benoist. Bringing yes. back Tom Cavanaugh. Not that he had gone, but using him as the reverse Flash. I yes. hated that. You did? Only for the fact that they made it um, Earth Prime Earth's um, reverse Eobard. Eobard. Yeah, well, yeah. That using, confused me a bit. Using uh, what's, uh, Wells' face. But if you were going to have it, like I would have preferred the three main leads be their counterpart. Yes. Right. Instead they could have done that. I don't know why they just didn't do or that. Or having it be that uh, Earth X's reverse yeah. flash. That was yes. kind of a weird thing. And yeah, it just. It's like, know. oh, so we did. But then you were. And then this. And now. Oh. Tom okay. Cavanaugh is another actor I could probably watch anything, which makes me think I really should watch Ed at some point because I haven't. Which um, makes me think you should watch those episodes of Scrubs that he's in. Oh, I actually forgot. You, you did tell me he was in Scrubs. Every time I see it, I just see uh, JD's brother. Oh, he's Jay's brother. So, um, what else? I mean, God, it was all just great. It was good. It was very good. Did you watch it? No. I, watch I haven't watched Arrow or Flash in a you couple honestly, seasons. You honestly, they'll get and, caught up. And, it's and some, I've never watched uh, Legends of Tomorrow. You don't have to. You really don't. You, it helps, but you don't have to. I've never watched Supergirl either. It's okay. I don't watch Supergirl. I don't watch Supergirl or Arrow, and I know what's going on. The saddest part is that I'm actually starting to enjoy Supergirl more than Legends of Tomorrow. See, that's just crazy. I, I like I, I like Legends. Too. No, Legends is full on just zany now, and I'm fine with that. Although it's getting a little dark. But next year, Black Lightning. 
on Black Lightning. Oh my god. Is he getting his own show? Yeah. Yes. It's like the sort of mid season break ish thing. Which will take the place of Legends for about a month at least. Yeah. Unless they move if they move Legends out of that slot, but it's gonna be it's gonna premiere uh Tuesday, January sixteenth, I believe, if I'm if if I have the dates right. He's built. It's not like this skinny little, you know. It, he's well, I mean, guy. he's always been built in the comics. Uh, I think I've seen versions or, or not, but I'm very happy they went with that. So, mm. I don't know. I'm excited. Um, other television. I know Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came back. Um, totally, I'm kind of loving it. Totally changing it the game. They knocked out of the friggin' park. So, my only. Okay, so let's just let's talk about what happened. Just We're not going to spoil too much, but. Oh, we've only seen, what, three episodes? They're in the far. Well, not far. They're in the future. That is a big thing. We yeah. just know it's the future. They're in space or ish, kind of space. And they're separated from uh, Fitz, which is interesting. I don't yeah. know if the actor had to step away, if they just decided, no, you know what, let, let's. I just think d- that's. A, it's a way. It's a. Way, way to separate them out. Yeah, it's a way to separate them and to separate give, out uh, Fitzsimmons a little bit. That emotional oh, yeah. distance to, between them. They love to doing that. fucking break our hearts Seriously. again. Because um, honestly, when she was when she went through the monolith and was on that blue planet, that was like some of the most intense and best like from that season. Great. Yeah, the acting. Yeah. Um, the only thing I will say, and so they're they're dealing with the Kree. The Kree is also <laughs> a staple Marvel villain slash alien race. I don't. I kind of want there to be more touchstones and fan service. They did the six one six joke, which is they, great. Well, yeah. yeah. Now they've they've introduced the multiverse to Agents of Shield. How? What do you mean? Oh, you said there's a multiverse. Are, oh yeah, yeah. You're yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. But that's sort of the alternate future kind of idea. Yeah. Well, Are but, they discussing? The Inhumans, a little at bit, all? a little bit. No, not not in oh the, the royal family. A, yeah, royal no, family. Not so much. No. Um, and this may have even been a way to sidestep that whole thing. But either way, I want to see like that one guy who I can't remember his name, but he's kind of like Star Lord. Yeah, that guy. Vagabond. I, I want to see him have some hook into the universe and not just be some rando whatever. Yeah. But that's just me as a fanboy, as a as a viewer of the show. I think it's interesting. I love seeing the guy, and I forgot his name. Uh, he's the the foreman who's got them all put with their little yeah. uh, little tracker device, whatever. Oh yeah, he's great. He's an old X Files villain, and he's related to one of the writers, Darren Morgan of the X Files. Uh, he may even be Morgan Darren Morgan. and Morgan for the people. For the people. Um, but anyway, yeah. I, I, overall, it's just it's it's they've totally taken Shield out of the spy game. They've even changed the theme. It's still Bear McCreary doing great music, but he's doing all synthetic, like Moog sounding cool stuff. Max still gets me pregnant. Every time I see him. Oh my god! Um, can I just say that Yo-Yo's the way they've now interpreted Yo-Yo's um, slow down like power is the most comic book thing I've seen yes. on live action television, and I fucking lived for it. She's good. They literally like so you know like how in uh, Days of Future Past like when they've done like Quicksilver yeah. and it's like slow down but he's just kind of running. They literally like they had a bunch of like, like every second like it would be like a shadow of her. So it was like oh, fourteen gotcha. of her, like in a yeah. row, and showing like that, like, like oh my god, it was so good. I love it. It's so been good. really very good, and 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 they even brought in the uh, VR world element a little bit, framework, framework yeah. just a little bit. But that was one of the best things they've done, I think. When they revealed that Quake destroyed the Earth, which is I'm sure not, you know, obviously. So it's good. It's been really good. If you're not um, up to speed, you probably should get a little bit. But if you're enjoying Marvel and just all the various forms that are out there. This is a very valid way to do that. We have not watched Punisher. Nope. We do owe you guys that. We are no. going to watch that at some point. I haven't watched Punisher or Defenders. 
Um, oh. Mad Defenders is in. But you got to watch it. So but Jessica Jones season two is coming. Yeah. Trailer for that's out. Mm, Looks great. Mm, we have mm. watched some of Runaways. I know yes. we're not caught I, up. I'm caught up on Runaways. I, did you read Runaways? I read at least the first two graphic okay, novels. Okay, so you're yeah, covered yeah, for what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. And BJ, you've read Runaways. Yes. Okay, and so, I'm reading the, the new run that's happening. Oh, now. yeah. the new. I yeah. need to get caught up on that. That's great. Too. But Runaways is one of those Marvel properties that, you know how they say a lot of Marvel is just retread? Same old characters, you know, whatever. Runaways was one of the first things, and this is early, like early to mid two thousands. I had started reading comics again around then. That was new, and Brian K. Vaughn brought these new characters. They weren't legacy; they were just brand new th- everything. They fit within the, the Marvel universe, but they're new, and made this really cool team out of nothing. And I am so thrilled with the way they've translated it. It, it captures the paranoia and. Like, don't du- want to get caught. The duality, the, the duality, the lies. The, the, it's, 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 it's to me what encapsulates adolescence in so many ways from your, your adolescent dynamic to your parents. Doing things that you don't think your parents would approve. Finding out about your, you know, the, the sort of secret history of things well, and, and life. And, and not only that, just like dealing with loss. Dealing with loss. Like, yeah. of, a, of friends and how it, like, how it affects you and how it affects how it can change you later on down the line and how it can affect you if you do or don't deal with it. Yes. It had been a long time since I read the comics though. Was been Nico, a while. was Nico's sister a thing no. in the no, comics? She did not have a, she if she did she was never mentioned They've she did not have made one in the comics. Some major changes well, to it. I, I mean I know all the parents backstories is all that's, new material. And I think that's yeah. a very good way to explore it. Uh, I forgot the actor who's an alias. He's like the tech guy. He's one of the parents. He's uh, oh, yeah, Gert's yeah, yeah, yeah. dad. And then, of course, James Marsters. Yeah, having not done really much like out in the acting world that we've he seen, plays a great, I'm not a fan of James. He what? plays a great bad guy. Wait, wait, is this because he's not Angel? You I mean just, Spike? You just don't like. Oh no, he's not Angel. But you don't like you don't. Is that what it is though? No, I just I don't know. See, I like Spike him. better than Angel. So I like Angel better than Spike, no. but I still think he's a great actor. So James Marsters has been uh, he? They haven't overutilized him. It's kind of been sort of mellow. But the uh, Carolina's mother is a great actress. Yeah. She looks. She keeps looking like Jillian Anderson. Every time I see her, I'm like, that should be Jillian Anderson. Or I'm okay with sort of almost thinking it's her, um, even though you know she looks different a little bit. But the um, who else is in that show? Oh, there's so many good people. And it's it, the, so the opening credits are gorgeous. The music is amazing. Whoever's doing like their uh, song selection, it, it, it's spot on. It's so good. They've brought in technology because when this thing came out in the 2000s, yeah. cell phones yeah. weren't what they are now. Mm-hmm. You know, the internet isn't what it is now. They have baked all that in in a very organic way that makes sense. They're exploring the whole church uh, of the whatever the hell that church is called. I forgot. Giborum. Giborum. Yeah, like all of this is just great improvements and augmentations to the original. So I am thrilled. I we got to get caught up. We're only Although like, I'm, I'm, I've heard that they've demystified. The magic elements. Well, that makes sense Slightly, in the Marvel universe. They haven't bit. really explained it. Um, well, the staff being like the biggest thing is that it's not magic related. It's a tech thing, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, well, in the episodes I've watched, they haven't actually explained anything about the staff. It's if it hasn't happened yet, it's coming. Oh. It's because hmm. uh, the mother goes to train the daughter with it, and it's hmm. it because their their whole big thing is their big their the technological advancements. So it's. It's exploring that route versus the Doctor um, Strange. Yeah. Well, no, but even Doctor Strange, it it it, it demystified some of the mystic. The They're multiverse. still using mystic, but it's it's 
Um, it's more like it's more like it's more like um, it's science you haven't exp- that hasn't it's the been Arthur explored. Clark, yet. any uh, magic is uh, something is sufficiently yeah. advanced. You don't which is which is kind of how they explain the quote, all of Thor's stuff too. Yeah, which is fine. Exactly. I'm okay. That's a Marvel conceit, so that's okay. But like, no, I'm really thrilled they're doing it. There are moments where it feels very ABC because it is an ABC production on Hulu. Um, but it would be really cool if they could somehow, if Shield keeps going. Like bring the, their their toys together and do something cool, which they've been sort of hesitant to do. Um, I would even be okay if we brought in the Inhumans, honestly, and had some kind of a crossover. So yeah, it's it's been good. I've been really thrilled. I'm really happy. It's it is good, and I shouldn't be shocked. But with all the Netflix shows kind of being sort of one thing, this is yeah. not that. I will say, and I love that. I love the shift in tone. Um, but however, I will say that for. Four out of five of the dads would totally bang. So Alex's dad wow. is breathtakingly high. This show has a four out of five dad banging rating. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nico's dad, definitely, even though I know he cheated on me. Um, uh, and um, that was that was interesting. I didn't expect that whole plot. Gert's dad. Yeah, Gert's dad's oh, awesome. He's so cute. So dope. So I wish dorky. I remembered his name. I should. Hold on. I'll do a quick Google. And um. One of Carolina's potential dads, her Earth dad, <laughs> her hippie Earth dad. So, but um, no, the tone, the tone shift in it is absolutely phenomenal. It's nice that um, that Marvel as a whole, the movies, TV shows, they realize that if something's tonally different, it doesn't mean it's not. It doesn't have to be the same thing every time, right? Like, and I feel like that's what's going to keep Marvel going through this projected Phase Four and potential Phase Five, um, and Kevin Wiseman, it, by the way. It, it makes oh okay. I'll have to log that in later. Um, the uh, also it gives me hope for Cloak and Dagger because Cloak and Dagger yes. is supposed to be dropping in twenty eighteen. Correct. Cloak, yeah, yeah, the yeah. trailer for Cloak and Dagger, if you haven't seen it, it looks good. It looks really yeah, really good. Jeff, now, Lowe, do you think that's going to sprout out of Runaways? No. No, no, so they're separate. They're on separate networks. Um, I think. Well, okay, or so was. because of the merger, Disney now owns sixty percent of Hulu, and Disney also owns Freeform. Will own because remember they, they, they announced it. It has not been. It has to be approved. Stuff, so, so Kevin Weisman, I mentioned. Um, um, um. Oh, oh, oh. Cloak and Blaster. Yeah, Freeform. I, unless they pulled Cloak that. Change Cloak and Dagger. Oh God, Cloak and Blaster. That's a good, that's a local. That's a great bar. Quick, um, quick Cloak question. Dagger, quick yes. question, Brad. What? Who was the guy we had guest host on the show whose name you can never get right? Who? <laughs> Green no, hair, guess, nose ring, now lives in Atlanta. Guess, guess the name. Joseph. Oh, you got it, Joey. Okay. <laughs> Joey. Josh. That was just a familiarization. Jim. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. It was always some form of Joseph. It was like Joey and Joe. And- Jimmy John. So, television's been amazing. We know RuPaul's coming up. We mentioned that we do the Dragon's New Spandex. We are excited about, what is it, uh, January 25th? Yep. January 25th, Thursday night. We're back to Thursday for All Stars. Which means I'm going to have to start going into work early again. Yay. Oh. We may also have an interesting project we're going to possibly partner with. We haven't figured out all the details, but if you want to do a fantasy RuPaul uh, like fantasy league is that what they call it these days? I don't sure. know. Fantasy league. Yeah. What? So like you pick who you think's going home, who you think's going to win the challenges. You get points. It's a leaderboard. It's a whole thing. 
we're we're gonna we're gonna finish up the technology behind it, uh, and then we're gonna announce it. So it's gonna be fun. Anywho, um, <laughs> let's. Uh, don't forget though, if you are on iTunes or if you are on any of our platforms, that you can uh, leave us a review or a star rating, any type of rating. Please do so because that helps other people who are not you listening to our show right now find our show out there in the world. Um, you can also help support our show as well as other Nerdy Show programs by going to our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash Nerdy Show. You can give as little as a dollar. You can make a one-time donation. You can do a monthly uh, subscription. When you sub- become a patron on our Patreon, it opens up a whole plethora of photos and clips and other stuff from the Nerdy Show Network. So do us a favor and go check that out. You can check us out online on all of our social media sites, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Tumblr, any of those. You can go to nerdyshow.com and scroll to the bottom and find all the chicklets to do that. Flameonshow.com. Flameonshow.com. Isn't that a gum? Yes, it is, actually. And if you don't forget, if you donate at the $5 level or more for Patreon, and yes, we know they changed our prices, but then they, they walked it back. Thank God. Which I I don't know I I understand why some people were upset about it but at the same time I I can I can understand them wanting to stabilize yeah no operating costs of course well because right now all the Patreon uh, creators are responsible for those fees so it was trying to redistribute where it was to be able to get the uh, the creators uh, a bit more but at the same time it it without when you just kind of drop that yeah then you have people that are like oh well I can't you know, right. do this. Like, um, sp- speaking of uh, being a patron, um, Danny's, I'm a $15 a month uh, patron. It would have ended up coming out to like an extra 55 cents a month. Yeah, that's, that's like, not a big deal for lot. some stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, it, it's one of those things where it, it, it kind of blew up really quickly and they owned it and they walked it back. Yeah. I mean, if it gets bad, we could just make an OnlyFans. Oh, God. <laughs> do you subscribe to any of those? I came dangerously close. There are some Tumblr people I follow when I'm like... And then I turned off my computer and went outside and, and did, found Jesus. Ooh, that's nice. That's a nice Christmas pin. It's uh, Hogwarts. Oh, Hogwarts. That oh. makes sense. Very yeah. nice. Good job, Danny. Um, but don't forget, $5 or more, you get a drag name, and we pick your first number. I mentioned this on the Nerdy Show 300th episode, which I was just on. Probably will be out around the time this is out on the feed. Um... I know Ron, our, our patron saint, Ron, was like, why do you think I would want a drag name? Ron, it wasn't just for you. Honey, I know we love you. and We do mention I mean, you a lot. But it wasn't just for you. What I'm saying is you're going to get one. Haven't done it yet, <laughs> but you're going to get one. Um, now can, especially. We can superhero one. or anime theme it for you. How about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, of course. And that's the thing. Like, if we know you or you maybe say something, we'll work with it. Stop we'll asking it for out. nudes. I'm not asking for news from Ron. He would totally send me news. I mean, he was, right? I, I was going to say, I think I have his X-Tube. So. Oh, oh, God, he has an X-Tube. Yeah, of course he has an X-Tube. Oh, we didn't, we're not, we're not plugging your X-Tube, Ron. All right, anyway, let's seriously. roll on. $5 or more. <laughs> $5 or more, you get a drag name and a opening number. $10 or more, we don't do it. Oh, God. You get that option as <laughs> Why well. Why are you guys shit on my ideas? I'm not. I'm just trying to get us more money. <laughs> Oh, it's is, an it is more money for less work, so that's fine. <laughs> All right, so we will right, mo- move be- on. Before we go oh. into what should be our final uh, topic, let's do some more uh, favorite pop culture items. Jared, 
I know that you've said that you've disconnected from a lot of pop culture, but there's got to be something that has wet your whistle in books, the year 2017. Board games? I haven't really sunk into a lot of things uh, this year. And in fact, I, uh, I'll, I'll just announce this now. This is probably going to be my last episode here on Flame On. How dare you? Sorry, guys. Aww. I just I, I can't make time for pop culture anymore. How, how will I get my fix? Of what? <laughs> but whatever you, leave behind, whatever you leave behind in the seat. We can still get you to do voices. Yes, I can do voices. And if That's 40 fine. Gay ever comes back and, and rises from the grave that it was untimely put into. Yeah, we can right. do that. All yeah, right, yeah, all right. yeah, yeah. There was, a, uh, there was a, a, a certain simulator game that you enjoyed quite, quite oh, much in, yeah, this, uh, in yeah, this year. Yeah, I did enjoy that game, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, what was it? Uh, last Friday, um, no, it wasn't last Friday. I think it was last Saturday. Um, I played a, another dating sim game. That's a little more uh, not safe for work. Uh, it's called Ooh. Coming Out on Top. Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Where did you get such a thing? I didn't buy it. It's a, a friend of mine purchased it, but um, <laughs> not not quite as uh, Is it on well, Steam? not quite as well crafted as Dream Daddy. Um, but I, uh, I was going to say Daddy Dater. I always do that. <laughs> Dream Daddy was the first Dream one we were Daddy, talking yes. about, by yes. the way. Yes. Daddy. Um, but uh, it, it was uh, the not safe for work contents, obviously, the biggest drive for it. And it mm. totally is. But it's just the uh, uh, in-between conversations that are just excruciating. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But sure, and sure, Dream Daddy will be my. What, is Dream it, what, what did you play it? What, what did you play it on? Uh, Steam. Okay. Uh, so yes. my my PC. Yes. Okay. Yes, all right. Yes, so yes. that's out there. If people want to check it out. Yes. 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 All right. Well, that's good. Yes. All right. Uh, Brian, let's get your favorite pop culture ness of 2017 before we before we hit comics. So it comes as no great shock, Mr. Robot. That I love Mr. Robot. Uh, that is not my choice, <laughs> only because, which, by the way, did get a fourth season renewal, which I was worried about. Third season been challenging. Were you? I was. I really, I was you, you really worried? <laughs> but I will say, for this year, amidst all the shit and darkness that we have had in this world, one of the things that I was very excited about and paid off in very, very, very powerful ways for me is uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. I thoroughly felt that it lived up to the Blade Runner legacy in, in ways that only the people they put in the creative positions could do that. Um, and it it was just a lovely, lovely moment, even if it was brief. I mean, it was you know, two hours. It wasn't that brief. But, you know, two and a half hours, I think. Almost three hours. It was long. It felt it long. It was almost three hours. It was almost three hours. <laughs> I was going to say half of that movie was fine. Because that was all I was awake for. Yeah. Well, that's okay. You don't have to appreciate it. I will say, though, that I talked to Cap. And so, Cap, Cap, for those of you who are Nerdy Show fans, Cap and I have this on-again, off-again, like, deep connection where we go on road trips and talk about, you know, movies and music and culture and... What are you making that eyebrow for? Phrasing. <laughs> on-again, off-again? Yeah. What do you mean? On again, off again, deep conversations. Are you are you reading into this? Yes. No. Crazy. <laughs> no. No. Cap and I are kindred spirits in ways that I tend. We, we are very busy people. He's very he's the hardest working man in podcastness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like when we go on these road trips, usually to Moogfest, mm-hmm. uh, and one time to see Dan Aykroyd, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it as a nerdy show, I think about that. 
it, it is always re, it reinvigorates my soul Good. to have someone I can talk to yeah. about those things. And we're on the same wavelength, which yes. is nice. So he and I talked briefly Friday for, again, the Nerdy Show 300th. Happy birthday. Congratulations. All that jazz. But Mazel tov. Mazel tov. I no, looked over at him, and I'm like, because we haven't talked about this. I'm like, did you, did you like Blade Runner 249? He's like, yes, I did. And I'm like, okay, cool. And we had a little, little more discussion than that. But um, it's a brilliant movie. Vastly underappreciated. And I'm not shocked by that because it's not something I felt would do well in this climate of big budget um, action superhero movies. It's not. It's not that at all. But um, it, it, to me, as, as much as pop culture has a bad rap, it sits in pop culture in ways that other things don't or do differently. And it was a piece of art that also exists in pop culture. And the thing I like to remind myself is pop culture is it, 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 it is art. It is art maybe broad, maybe not for the, for, for the cheap seats, so to speak, but it is still art. And it is important to recognize that craft can go into something that appeals to mass audiences. But again, uh, you know, Blade Runner 2049, I don't know. If you liked it, let me know. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I still listen to the soundtrack all the time, even if I have issues with that. You know, there's, there's problems. It's a little rapey, uh, at least in some ways. Uh, the, old, the old movie, and maybe not the best to women, at least in the new movie. But uh, I still think it's my favorite thing this year. Nice. Throw us the comics. Oh, did you oh, want to sure. do I'll do mine at the end. Oh. I'm used to just going at the end. So, Oral's gone. Crazy. I didn't say going in the end. Oh, come on. Ah. Ah. So, Too comics. Low hanging fruit. Oh. <laughs> it's like when the Squirrel Nut Zippers did that whole pun thing back to back. Yeah. <laughs> so, comics. Now, I know, DJ, you've. Oh, DJ. Wow. Wow. Oh, so it's my name. So the, the curse has moved to me. Sorry. What there it, it is. No, you're, you're not Joseph. <laughs> um. You do have an Atlanta connection, but you're not Joseph. <laughs> I work with a DJ. BJ, um, you're, you, you did a little bit of research on this. I know that. Yes. Um, I know what I'm going to talk about, and it's something I've talked about a lot of times. So I want something new. Tell okay. me something new or new to you that you've really enjoyed. Um, so there's two kind of three things. Of, in DC, the, um, the Dark Knight Metal series. All 47 books? They... Um, <laughs> the um, the Dark Knight Metal, they released a one-shot introducing the evil um, Batman of the negative multiverse. And they're kind of amazing, and they're horrifying. So you have Batman that's essentially been tricked into checking out this sort of this negative 52 multiverse. The uh, Dark Multiverse. The Dark Multiverse, and... Surprise, it was a trap by um, a hellish version of him, which I think is potentially, um, what did he kill, Barbados? Or he, it's potentially um, Shazam, like a Batman Shazam. Um, but you have... Um, it's where you hold your phone up to Batman and then it tells you what Batman it is? <laughs> that, not that Batman Shazam? I mean, Bat Shazam. Bat Zam. Bat Zam. Bat Zam. Um, so you've got my... My top one is the Batman who laughs. Yeah, and so he, explain what his deal is. Which, which, let me just say, is the only one that didn't come with a pin, and I was so mad yeah, about that. Yeah, I didn't that. get yes. that. Why? Yes. I mean, literally, why? Why? I wonder why. Isn't that the Cenobite Batman? 
Kind yes. of, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, totally. that is a very good description. Yeah. Um, so essentially, you, I, I can't remember which negative Earth he's from, but he essentially, his Joker found out he was dying. So he upped the ante, and I think he, he melted Jim Gordon's jaw off his face. He uh, shot a little girl's parents in front of her to simulate exactly how he became Batman. And he doused the girl in Joker toxin, so the girl tried to kill Batman, and then he kills the little girl, and then it, it's an, it's too much for him to handle. It's so a killing joke times 11. Yeah. It's very And so tight. he snaps the Joker's neck. Well, the Joker had some sort of toxin in his mouth that infected Batman, and it gave Batman his morality, but it kept Bruce Wayne's intelligence and personality, essentially. So there's like a montage of him murdering all of the Bat family. He murders all the Justice League in inventive ways with Superman barely hanging on. And he gets Superman's family up to the Justice League tower before tossing Black Kryptonite that he's modified to his son and him and watches them kill Lois. And now that they're weakened, he sends his Robins, which are physically modified like zombie vampire looking things to go eat Superman and his son. Oh, it's messed up. And, and the art by I think Raphael Albuquerque, uh, I got to double check that, but like the art is spectacular. Like yeah. they, they a lot of these books got, you know, okay art, you know, and the stories are fine, but this one particularly had just amazing. And he essentially destroys his earth. There is no one left other than him and his Batman. So he has been drafted to be the leader of this evil group of Batman. Um, there's, uh, there's the Warbringer, which is essentially Batman with uh, Ares' helmet put on. Um, you've got the Drowned, which is uh, Batwoman. Ares. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, which it's, is it's the Wonder Woman. Equivalent. It's the Wonder Woman. Equivalent. Then you have the Drowned, which is essentially... Um, Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman, but it's so it's the Justice League. It's Batman as the different Justice League, kind of. Or that, like, that's that's the, that's the idea. Or like they're opposites, they're, but they're, they're all opposites. like yeah, fucking yeah. worse than the last. And my my other two favorites are the Red Death, which Bruce, having lost all of his sidekicks in an incident, decides to take Barry's speed, straps him to the Batmobile, which has the cosmic treadmill strapped to it, and absorbs Barry. So, so Barry is currently like, trapped inside like of him. Like Firestorm, they're both there. Yeah. That one was actually really good. That, that one. Was, that was the moment when Metal was not just this crazy event that they started, but actually I got it. I was like, okay, I see what you're doing. You're doing the Batman as the Justice League, like individual yes. Earths. And I love the concept of the dark multiverse. I think it builds off Grant Morrison's multiversity mm-hmm. in a way that's sort of unexpected and sort of makes sense if you... You follow like physics, and there's like this idea that universes are born and die quickly because they're kind of spun off of random quantum energy, and then that's what the dark multiverse is. They're universes that really should never last. So they burn, they go, they do something, and then they kind of collapse. Yeah. And then the the last one is the um, the Daybreaker, which is that one was okay. It's a like um, Green Lantern, which yeah, which is essentially instead of Bruce being scared of of the um, of his parents' murderer, he actually goes to attack him and gets a Green Lantern ring. And becomes the Green Lantern. And um, the problem is he tries to kill the guy and the ring won't let him. Well, later on down the line, he, he experiences another loss and he overpowers the ring and rewrites it. 
Yeah. And for and so essentially forces it to obey him because his willpower is that strong right. and he ends up killing a guardian and yeah, it's just one of those moments where you're like, yeah, no, Bruce Wayne is is fuck all. The Batman who laughs is um Riley Rossmo, not uh, uh, Alfred But all, similar in a very outrageous style, not not photorealistic, but not even like that traditional comic book house style. Very interesting and dynamic. Um, yeah, and the writers, it's been like a combination of different writers. I know James Tenian's done some. Scott Snyder's kind of been overseeing the whole thing. Um, Frank Thierry has done a couple of them. Uh, oh, and then you forgot the metal one. Uh, not metal, the um, cyborg one. The, oh, the, uh, oh, there's the, there's, uh, I think that's Death Machine. Yeah, that one was weird, and I like the idea of it. Like, Batman basically loses Alfred, I think. Yeah. And then makes Alfred a computer program, and that computer program spreads and takes over everything. So it's Jarvis into Ultron. Yeah, exactly. Pretty no, much. exactly. Yeah. So it's it, metal and metals kind of been doing this as they're in between other major issues. I think we haven't had a, a new like single issue in like a month and a half. Maybe. It got delayed is that because what there is? was like, it's like 20 books total. Okay. Um, because one of the coolest things that they did was they made a tour shirt out of it. Oh yeah. yeah where yeah. it's like Batman metal, the, the emblem <laughs> on the front and on the back, it has all the release dates and the issues like the, uh, tour stops for a rock band. And um, Oral was wearing it the other day when I went to get the books. And I was like, oh, are we done with the 20 books yet? And he's like, oh, no. Metal 4, I think, um, got delayed. So it's pushed back like the last couple of books. And a lot of, and a lot of the books end with them attacking their counterparts on yes. Earth Prime. But Dr. Fate intervening. So Dr. Fate is like, uh, for Dr. Fate to actually save somebody and not be a dick about it, it's... It's bringing, it, kind of like Crisis on Earth X, it's bringing all the DC heroes together in an event, which is a crisis, but they don't call it crisis. metal. Um, they wanted to call it like Dark Crisis or and, something. And it's because um, in, uh, if they're from the negative multiverse, they have uh, some weird aversion to nth metal. Which is what yeah they're um, tying in all the different metal different metals but yeah. nth metal being one nth of them nth metal they if they even get Bat-mantium. near it it burns them so Batmantium yeah Batmantium um so another big DC book right now is going on that's exciting is the new Watchmen um, sort of sequel which I know those two words might freak out a lot of people but DC <laughs> has been building to this event where they're basically going to collide the Watchmen universe and DC universe proper. And even use it as a way to sort of explain some of the crazy sort of rebirth and 52 stuff. So um, the first issue came out, Jeff Johns, uh, Gary Frank with some help. Um, it was just a stand up like one issue. What happens after Watchmen? No DC until the very end. And it was very minimal like Superman has a nightmare. I'm not even kidding. And I'm so- it sounds like I'm dissing it and I, and I don't like it. I loved it. Bat, what is it called? It's called, uh, what was it the uh, clock? What is it? Doomsday Clock. Thank you. Doomsday thank you. Clock. I couldn't remember. It's Clockwork something. Um, and it's pretty important, right? Clockwork, clockwork Watchmen. Orange. Clockwork Watchmen. I actually like that idea. Do they have um, pod pieces and bowler they, hats? They, yes, thank you. Um, Wendy Carlos music is playing in the background. So <laughs> if you like Watchmen, I know you're probably very precious. I mean, a lot of people who love Watchmen, they're like Alan Moore. They're like, no, we can't touch it. We can't do anything with it. They had the whole prequel stuff to The Watchmen that people were kind of mixed about. This is actually really good. And it's Jeff Johns both honoring what came before, and he does, totally uh, honoring the Alan Moore um, uh, story, and then building off sort of the nine-panel grid that also was used in that storytelling, um, and then going into even stuff that's relevant to today in the political climate. So there's 
it's not direct digs against Trump because that doesn't make sense in this universe. But there are certainly things that point to like an extrapolation of what we have now. Um, so it's very subtle. It's very good. It honors Charlton. They introduce characters from the Charlton or inspired by the Charlton universe, which is what Watchmen did. Um, the Gary Frank art's fantastic. Um, I, overall, I'm just very excited. I'm very happy that it turned out so well. I'm curious to see how it ends. I'm curious to see how it plays into the DC universe writ large. But um, I do want to see Superman fight Dr. Manhattan. That's just an obvious thing because they do represent sort of the uh, Dr. Manhattan, sort of the Alan Moore and Superman now the Grant Morrison sort of views of DC and seeing those ideologies come straight to a head under the guise of uh, Jeff Johns, who is a a absolutely critical part of DC in this modern era, both in comics, TV and movies. Um, I'm excited to see what they, what he comes up with. So Um, another DC thing, I know we're DC heavy, but honestly, DC these days has been pretty good. Marvel. eh. Uh, Mr. Miracle number five came out and I know I've talked about this book quite a lot. Um, Tom King is, unbelievably good at writing these uh, characters that he he likes, but, like, you know, he doesn't have a huge deep connection like the Vision. Um, Mr. Miracle, I'm just going to show you guys a page because I don't think you... You didn't read this, did you? Um, I don't think anybody else is reading it. Yeah. Just feast your eyes on this. Oh. Now, I'm going to describe this, so don't worry that um, this isn't good maybe radio and or podcasts. That's, um... But, um... Huh. This is Mr. Miracle, a.k.a. Scott Free who has always been sort of a Christ figure in the DC New Gods sort of uh, mythology. It's a nine-panel grid. Mr. Miracle is tied up on a bed naked. He has the Mr. Miracle mask covering his crotch, and Big Barda is the one uh, restraining him. And this is very surprising. I mean, I, I, was, I, was, like, I was like aghast, because not only is it incredibly hot, but it's also a DC book, not a DC mature book, just a DC book about one of my favorite characters, Mr. Miracle. And yet it is so incredibly just an issue about your last day on Earth. What would you want to do if you had the ability to craft your own last day on Earth? I mean, if I had a body like that. Well, OK. You know. Well, also mention the fact that he is tied to the bed or restrained to the bed. In the Christ crucifixion pose. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. that's critical too. Yeah, because right. I mean, you you could see the hands. You can be like, all right, cool. But didn't we think the legs would be to the post? No, no the legs are one over, like foot over foot bound that way. You're I absolutely mean, right. It is Big Barda, and I would assume Big Barda would like to top every now and then. So I mean, they don't. So that's the most explicit it gets is a little like bra removal. Like they don't like. It's not salacious. It was a little salacious. It's not gratuitous. But the, the rest of the issue is honestly one of these things that is just very a relationship story between Big Barda and um, Scott Free. And it deals with Scott's acceptance and then rejection and then acceptance of death and what is coming. And the reason for him dying, I mean, that's sort of a built into the story. I mean, if you read the whole thing, we've, we've talked about it a little bit. I mean, I'm pretty sure in that issue he is coming. So, I mean, he makes a few faces. But it's also about L.A. because they're spending their last day basically in Hollywood and dealing with some of the things in L.A. and traffic and just sort of the mundanity that would interrupt your otherwise idyllic last day. So I just this issue was I mean, uh, the whole series has been great. I've talked about it numerous times. It's got Funky Flashman, which if you're familiar with the new gods is basically Stan Lee. It's (laughs) it's Jack Kirby's interpretation of what Stan Lee was. And it's ridiculous because he's this showman. He's always he basically is pitching Scott 
um, his death in a way that seems like it would be marketable. Like it's just it's just it's insanely it's not meta in this sense. I mean, Funky Flashman is a meta character, but the way they use him in this is very um very fun and interesting. And so in the art, uh Mitch Garrett's like it it's so weird because it's not it's very sketchy. Like there's a lot of parts that are very like, you know, I don't even know. There's a lot of repetition too. I mean, there's a whole page I just forgot about where it's uh Big Bard is O face. I completely forgot. Nine panels of it. A whole page. Um, but it's also got these interesting visual oddities that make you think something's going on that's not reality. Like, I'm hoping and wondering if there's some element of unreliable narrator or, like, there's something else, like another layer of this on top. This is issue five, and I'm not going to spoil the ending, but, like, you could see this sort of wrapping up quickly, but then the end happens and you can see a new sort of another chapter. So I... If you're not even a fan of Mr. Miracle, but you just are a fan of comic book storytelling, I think Mr. Miracle is one of the few books right now that's doing everything right and and is just it's elevating an art form to something more uh, than normal DC comics. So uh, that's my thing. I know Marvel's doing some cool stuff. Pat, you're more up on the Marvel excitement. Gene Gray number ten was fantastic. I love Dennis Hopeless and. I wasn't quite sure what to expect when the series started. It was fun. That, like, okay, cool. Jean Grey's got a got a, a comic book. Great. It's young Jean, but whatever. And Punky Brewster Jean. It's progressed into. So it's Jean from the time travel. Yeah, Teen Jean. Yeah, okay. Teen Jean. And uh, she's basically been on this quest. She's been having premonitions that the Phoenix is coming, yeah. and she wants to be prepared and be able to fight it off. So she's gone uh, to talk to previous Phoenix hosts. Um, like she talked to Hope, and she talked to uh, Quentin, Quentin, and there's a, a bunch of them. Just like, how do I fight this? Um, which has led to Quentin having to shoot her in the head with a psychic gun uh, multiple times in this this run. I love Magic's reaction though. <laughs> Don't fight it. Embrace the power. Uh, yeah, that just that, that pretty much is the best part of it. Um, and then it led up to. Uh, she kept hearing voices, and you, for the first few issues, you're like, "Okay, this is the Phoenix, like mm-hmm. whispering to her." And then you find out after she goes on like a, a spiritual journey with Doctor Strange that it's actually adult Jean, dead Jean Grey, that's been talking to her and now is like mentoring her. So floating uh, new X Men, like you know, whatever 2012 Jean Grey it was, the black leather earlier than that, but yeah, was mid two thousands. Wait, hold on. We're seven. Uh, she's been gone for. Uh, so yeah, she's been dead for what about twelve years now. Mm-hmm. So like two thousand five, two thousand five, um, new X Men era. Grant Morrison. Yep. Yeah. So she's been floating around and in the white it, room. No, she's floating around with like walking boat, like floating next to Jean Grey, and like they're having all these conversations to the point where like they get into an argument in the subway, and Ghost Jean is like, um, "Can you calm down?" you're going to start to look crazy because like nobody else sees right dead floating it's ghost kind of mr robot-esque because you got like that voice or firestorm or other or whatever yeah so and then it leads to they're like all right they hijack emma's mind and leads to this whole thing and it it builds to emma kept the spark of the phoenix force buried in the um the psychic uh affair that they had so then gene touches it it leads to this whole thing she like sets on fire and they have to like try to figure this whole thing and it, it ends, that issue ends with uh, uh, 
Quentin having to shoot her in the head again. And then she comes to and she's <laughs> like, a lot of that. it's here. And they're like, yeah, no, Gene, we understand that. And the cuckoo's like, um, no, she didn't. Or one of them was like, she didn't say the phoenix is coming. She said the phoenix is here. And you just see the big fucking raptor. And then this last issue has, has we're almost at the end. It's going to end in January with issue 11. But it's this whole now, like, the phoenix and it's coming after Teen Gene. And it, like everybody's, it's, it just becomes this whole, this whole thing. And there's one big moment right at the end that I was like floored, absolutely just floored with how they turn the story. And it was like, cause she's like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And it's like, Oh shit. It didn't matter if I was ready. And it kills Jean. It literally just consumes her. And then she goes, it's, it, it, it didn't want me ready. It wanted me out of the way because we're leading into resurrection. Uh, so it's coming for adult Jean. It's been right. dead. So it, the way Hopeless has crafted the story has been fantastic. Like, the end of that issue was just like, I literally, I turned the page and I'm like, holy shit. Like, I knew it was coming like three panels before it actually happened. I was like, this is fantastic. And it's, it, it's, I love Jean Grey. Like, this, this book has been fun. And it, the way it'll lead into Resurrection will be interesting. But obviously, she's coming back. Like, it's not the, the be all and end all like, for Teen right. Jean. Because we have one more issue, and then you know, obviously it'll it'll spin into whatever it'll be. Um, but yeah, I, I think that leading into the new year with Jean Grey coming back and Phoenix Resurrection, I think actually all five issues of Resurrection might come out before Jean Grey Eleven, because it basically at the end of it says read these books and then come back for the epic finale and you know huh. issue eleven. But he's not writing those five books. Hopeless is not. No, like yeah. Spur. No, somebody else. I don't. I didn't, yeah, I'm, no. I'm not. I'm not positive on it, but I'm excited for the variant covers. There's one set of variant covers that the artist is selling them on his website, and it's like Gene through the ages, like different, sec, like Marvel Girl and X Factor Gene and the '90s Gene. They look fantastic. Nice. I want them. So, um, is there a reason that the world isn't freaking out about the Phoenix Force coming back like it did when Hope? Uh, because they don't need them to right now. Right, it's a storytelling. <laughs> it's not, I, mean, it, I mean, it was a big to do when Hope was going to get the Phoenix sure, Force. Seriously, like, yeah, <laughs> this time around, they're just like, maybe the Avengers were like, well, we see what the fuck happened last time. Maybe we'll just let it happen <laughs> well, and, this time and, around. And the beginning, uh, like the first couple of issues of, G, of uh, she actually goes to like the Avengers and Hank and everybody, and they're like. Nah, we don't see anything on our specs. Maybe you're just crazy. And she's like, "All right, fine then. It's your funeral." So she's like, she's tried to be like, "Why is nobody panicking about this?" And they pretty, they pretty much, the Phoenix somehow is just it's Emma's kept it hidden, and well, her spark, her spark. But then Doctor Strange felt that they had cleansed, like they had let the spirit of deceased mm-hmm. Jean Grey like move on and be at peace so he thought that everything was done and at the end of that issue you just see ghost jean gray sitting in a chair with her legs crossed like hey <laughs> like it's just <laughs> like she is now like made her way out Some and bitch yeah it, it's it's been very interesting to see how this this book has gone through the last 10 issues um the one that has also is has a very interesting arc that they have started is uh, x-men blue which is your favorite of the two X-Men books. Yes. I'm not super excited about uh, Gold's Negative Zone or Negative Zone War with this Congoluth or whatever, the big creature from the 
Brotherhood. Oh. The good part about this is that apparently it's going to be a whole crazy new thing for Rachel. It's going to ser- oh. everybody's going to come out of it seriously impacted. Yeah, but apparently it's going to take a whole different so toll on, no more on prestige. Rachel. She's dropping prestige. Oh, She's okay. getting the markings back on her face. I, I don't that. know. It's this whole thing. Uh, but Blue has started this um, time war. I forget. I forget what the actual like. Uh, the the arc oh, is called yeah they because there's a, there's a there's a cover page of them in 2099 that was this most recent one so they're oh. gonna, yeah they two issues ago at the end of it so Magneto has been working on this project that he didn't let them know about so after this last incident um, they come across it and it's a time machine so he's working to try to send them back home um, they get attacked the whole thing and it sends them it starts freaking out and they get flung into the future and the the end of it. It's X Men twenty ninety nine, like the original X Men twenty ninety nine. So this last issue, they're they're apparently going to be jumping to different time periods with different X teams, hmm. uh, at least for a couple of issues. I mean, that's kind of like the Mojo stuff, but that was fake or whatever. But uh. well, and that's still playing out. Uh-huh. Mojo still has a network uh-huh. on Earth. Oh, they're still keeping so that. it's background. It's in yeah, because I think even Iceman either in his solo book or in gold at some point is like sitting on the TV watching it, it's solo book. Yeah. He's watching like the, the, uh, the good, reality good job, show Cena. and good it's job. like, Hmm, nice, interesting. Nice dovetailing into the Iceman's stuff. been really good too. My, we'll get, uh, my only issue with Iceman mm. is the language, like the, the verbiage. Yeah. Um, I know Cena, I like, I know where Cena's age ranges and he's trying to have that like youthful influence to it. But there gets to a point where I'm just like, he wouldn't talk it's a like little that. much yeah. yeah like it's he's speaking like a, a 18 to like 21 year old not like a 30 year old would it, it just but o- otherwise the stories themselves have been fantastic yeah, absolutely fantastic and now Dawkins coming back and this whole, oh it'd be good times uh, but Blue they had a whole issue and the big revelation is that the X-Men took over a company and basically started this like Days of Future Past-esque timeline that is, is stretched into 2099 and like they're kind of like a villain like the big villain of like the oh. earth um and then they bounced out of there they got the tech working again they bounced out and now they come face to face with gen x original generation x huh yes uh husk chamber sink um, jubilee. uh penance jubilee uh, Banshee and Emma Frost. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, they get dropped on the lawn of, um, of the, uh, West, uh, not, not Westchester Academy, the Massachusetts Academy. Yep. So, it, it's interesting to see where this is going to go and if the final result is that they end up back in their own time. Because I think that's, I, that, I think that's the end goal. And how that could potentially affect... But they they already said that that they're already there and it's a whole thing. I don't know. But they've also said that maybe this it's a whole thing because original apparently from what I've heard through other people talking is that they were supposed to go back to their original time at the end of uh, what's his name's run Bendis Bendis's run and then people and were like didn't. you know what let's keep them yeah so I think this might be a way to course correct and and start to phase them out it's, as long as you keep you get me a Cyclops and preferably the one that went off the rails at one point I'm okay. You want the one with the red and black outfit with the X that didn't no, cover his eyes? No, I never hated that outfit. I'm going to miss him with champions, though, because I really liked his interaction with to the champions because they're like, you talk like a 30-year-old. What's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> like his, like in the whole idea that like Hulk um, 
they didn't get along and then there's this big falling out and and he's like hey do you want to go train or something he's like i thought you hated me he's like i thought you just tolerated me and that whole idea that he's working with a different team right and will he take some of that back and could we potentially get professor xavier back well they're working on that in the oh book. well astonishing x-men just finished up their yeah. first life of x arc which uh have you have you caught up on i haven't caught up on that i'm not caught up either but i'm sure i can so xavier yeah. is back oh, okay. but it, it takes a whole a whole twist that wasn't expected and uh if you haven't if you haven't read it I don't want to spoil it because it was one of those surprises that was really absolutely unexpected. And I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how they do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it, Astonishing. Astonishing has been great. Has it's, been amazing. The only thing I don't like is they're doing a different artist every episode or every issue. And that is a little jarring at times. But yeah. it's in the astral plane, so it can work. Yeah. Well, we're out of the astral plane. Uh, Shadow King has been defeated. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where this team goes from there. And then we get Rogue and Gambit come January. Yeah, we get a, a five issue mini for them. We get a Legion yeah. five issue mini. I mean, oh, that's, I'm 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 more excited that Legion TV show is coming back than that. Yeah. But yeah, Wolverine's um, coming back. Yeah. Apparently, Gambit's going to be on X Men Red. Huh. He's the he's the unnamed member that's been like the legacy character that's going to be mm. on the team. It's mm. this whole weird thing. So indie books, eh, there's some. I don't know. Nothing lately has like blown my mind and that's unfortunate um and i think that's because mainly i'm not reading as much comics as i used to and i'm reading them like in bits and pieces like i just because you're yelling at the comics to get off your lawn exactly <laughs> um but uh i i'm hoping i'm I, we've talked about it several times i'm hoping we can get oral we can sit down and do a real proper deep dive on comics especially indie stuff which we we love to give like attention and love to there's some amazing creators out there and they need to get more publicity and interest but yeah, lately, kind of crazy. Especially so. with Snagglepuss coming out soon. I that uh, well, I'm that's not. That. I mean, that's indie-ish, but not really. But I'm very excited about that. Um, um, oh God, what's his name? Writer from Flintstones, wrote the Apocrypha. Now was it Hannah? Mark Russell or Barbara? Mark Russell. Oh, oh. Mark Russell, <laughs> who I hope to find a way to somebody to interview because I want to talk Bible with him and comics too, but Bible especially. Um, Mark Russell, if you have not read That's his... That's that one episode that he'll do. Well, you know. If you... Anybody else invited? If you want to dig into the Bible, but also get like a snarky version of it, I probably talked about this. Apocrypha now is like all the Apocrypha books. Uh, and yeah. then God is disappointed in you is his Bible <laughs> um, told with uh, snarky commentary and, and graphics if you read the book. And James Urbaniak's voice if you listen to it. So I don't Mark Russell... The, I don't need to read a book to know he's disappointed in me. Oh, I, I know. Mark Russell, though, is doing the Snagglepuss book, and I'm very excited. I heard that Jetson's book was also interesting and probably, you know, worth checking out, so I'm going to have to dig in. So I think that's everything. You have your final uh, end-of-the-year yes. pop culture My flame. pop culture thing of 2017 is music. Um, mm. This has been a great year for me personally um, for, for music to... I don't listen to a lot of uh, current music. I listen to a lot of podcasts in the car. So for me to be super excited about a handful of albums this year, it's been a good year for music for me. Um, from the indie level, um, our our local friend Sean Holcomb put out his first album. And um, aside from one track, which is good, I just don't love it. 
Um, it's a fantastic album. <laughs> he falls into the trap of, of most uh, Florida indie oh, no. writers. And he has, does a Buffett tune? No, 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 no. He has a song about Florida. Like it's just like Florida, great. It only worked for Georgia, Florida line. Well, um, I have another friend, um, uh, Johnny Bulford, who's from this area, mm-hmm. uh, who actually has become a big songwriter. Lee Bryce's uh, "A Woman Like You," which was a number one hit. Johnny was uh, a member of that, and he had a uh, a very like Florida's the best kind of song, uh, which I actually really kind of liked. Sean's it's good song. I just I'm like it's it's not my favorite. Otherwise, the album's fantastic. Um, he's great live. Uh, he and John Zarep uh, play a lot of, of shows together. Sean on the guitar, John playing the electric violin. It's fantastic. He's played for me at Parliament House a bunch of times. So good. Um, I think on the last show I mentioned Bobby Joe Valentine's um, recent album, most recent album, uh, Maybe Stars is the name of it. He is actually going to be shelving it for just a little bit because he's had a lot personally going on. Um, did a, a small little southeastern tour. Um, he's going to let it go until the end of the year and then shelve it for a little bit and then kind of relaunch it now that like once he's a little more settled and able to put out put more effort into uh, focusing on a new album. From a mainstream musical selection, um, Taylor Swift's Reputation, I kind of love it. Kind of love it. I do too. I told myself I was going to hate it and I, I listened to it. I was not excited when um, Look What You Made Me Do came out. And I was like, mm. the video came out. And I was like, all right, I can like this better because of the end clip of it. You liked it at the time. I, no, the video is because even I said to you, I said, this video makes me really like the song I was more. Like, this, I, was, I was like, ugh, this song. It, it was pretty much the scene from Easy A for me. Ugh, song's terrible. Monday night. <laughs> Tuesday night. <laughs> When she mm. made me do a Friday night. Oh, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, when Ready for It dropped, I was ready for it. That was it. I was like, and pre-order on iTunes. Oh. Um, there's a bunch of other ones. Um, I did something bad. Uh, there's just a bunch of songs <laughs> on there that are really fantastic. Um, oh God, uh, I can't think. Of it. Endgame. Endgame with. Uh, was it Future and Ed Sheeran? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I'm, I, just I'm that, I just heard that one today. That's actually, I really like that one. Also. Yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good track. Uh, I was singing it all the, the, most of the day when we went uh, bar hopping yeah. in Sanford. Um, and, and I'm going to see her next August at the Raymond James Stadium. I got tickets for the Reputation Stadium Tour. And then my big album of 2017 um, was Kesha's Rainbow. Like, it just... Absolutely. Is she, for someone who's gone through as much as she has, for somebody whose career was so controlled to be one thing, for her to be able to make an album that she wanted to make and really let her voice grow and let her voice be heard? Because everybody joked, like, made fun of, like, oh, she sounds like shit. Like, you know, she's all so auto tuned. And then that bitch comes out and sings, and it's like, okay, no, bitch, you got it. You are, you're for real. Well, like, her dad was a songwriter her mom her, her mom was a songwriter and her dad was a country singer yeah so, uh, well her mom uh, Old Flames Can't Hold a Candle to You mm-hmm. which she covers with Dolly was recorded by Dolly it was like the second recording of the album it was the number one song holy shit um, the song Godzilla on the album was written by her mom like yeah it's nice she has a grand tradition in her family certainly yeah um, and I got to see her 
live as, uh, in October. I was VIP. I was right up against the fucking railing. I made sure that shit happened. I was like a lo- like a half an arm's length away from being able to touch her. Like it was, and seeing her live, like it reinforced vocally, she is for real. Like she's legit. And then we got tickets to see the Adventures of Kesha Macklemore in August as well. So. A week, a little over a week apart from each other, I'll be uh, in Tampa to see Kesha and then uh, to see Taylor Swift. So, music has been fantastic for me in this year of craziness. So, that's my thing. If you have something that excites you about pop culture this year, we would love to hear it. All you have to do is tweet at us, comment on our Facebook post, email us at flameonshow.com. All of our social media links are on flameonshow.com. We mentioned the Patreon. We do appreciate your support. We have some very exciting stuff coming in 2018 in terms of our partners and different things that we'll be possibly promoting and or being a part of. So um, please go check those out. I think we are foregoing the things that are giving us life because we've kind of been doing that. We did that throughout the entire (laughs) So we don't get a bonus one. Nothing is making us happy. If we did it again, it turned into a poison mushroom and then we'd die. Oh, that's not good. But this is our last full cash recording of the year. So, of course, you are celebrating a holiday, uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, Ramadan. That's not this holiday. What is it? Kwanzaa. uh, Yule. the, The solstice. I mean, whatever you got. Celebrate with Krampus Day. Krampus, Krampus Day. Krampus Nacht. Krampus Nacht. Um, anything you're celebrating, we are very happy, and we hopefully are be a part of it. If you're if you're bored, I've totally stolen this for another show. But if you're bored <laughs> and you want to play an episode of us uh, for your friends and family, feel free. Tell the them, hey, I'm listening to these podcasts now, so I know where he's stealing these things from. Shh, and I'm like, God damn. <laughs> um, tell a friend. It's okay to share some of our uh, flame hanging, on love. <laughs> if you're hanging out at uh, Brian's mom's house, just play us. Don't there. Play, do that. Play this for the family. Why would you do that? He might have a pretty accepting and uh, you know. Hey, Fun Nana, family. Nana, balls, <laughs> nutsack, oh. black people voted. Oh, Far East. That was my contribution. <laughs> but no, we appreciate everybody who listens. And anytime we get any kind of feedback and our longtime listeners and our frequent patrons that we already uh, love and acknowledge, we really do appreciate you. Thanks, Ron. You are the reason we are still doing this. Thanks, Ron. Um, and if you know anything uh, strikes your fancy you want to help us out we also appreciate that as well and just as one little quick thing that we've all talked about um, there are some episodes that are missing in the numbering <gasps> so if you've made it all the way to the end of this episode congratulations and when you see the next episode come up and it's like six numbers different don't worry yeah. you didn't miss them they're, they're all in there if you count through all the episodes in, uh, in your feed more than likely you'll, you'll match up to like, this like your favorite sh- uh, comic books we are renumbering we just, blame on we, legacy we ran off to battle world and we'll be back with an extra black person so really I mean that's how the 616 did it Miles oh, that's true <laughs> so anyway so thanks for listening and uh, see ya bye bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 